So I'm here with uh, Joey Mullen, uh, a man who needs no real introduction here in the hobby. Uh, the DIY fish keeper, the king of DIY, the original, I mean, really the original G, <laughs> top G, <laughs> top G. Of, of aquarium category YouTuber. I mean, did it when no one else, you know, definitely the pioneer. Let's just say that. So how are you, man? A lot better now. If, uh, if you want to send me just that clip of a recording, I'd love to use it for my morning <laughs> alarm, uh, my ringtones. <laughs> right, right. Well, dude, it's true, man. And, uh, it's an honor to have you here. And, I um, it. I've been a, I've been a fan and an admirer for, for years, you know, even though it's, you know, we're, just covering different aspects of yeah. uh, this great hobby. I mean, it's it's categorically quite different, but uh, you know that's why I wanted to call it the Aquarium Everything Podcast. Is I love all of it, you know, and I'm here for all of it. And um, you get kind of labeled or or put into niches and categories in this thing, especially in the social mm -hmm. media age, where that's just kind of yeah. how everything works. You get your tribe, your followers, your following. Um, and I think that you definitely have created a, 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 a cat. You might be a category of one, to be honest. I mean, but you've really got a, you've kind of been able to craft your own thing, your own tribe, your own audience over the years. Um, and I, it's a I, cult. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so, I think it's, I think it's cool because it's actually a pretty, it's an expansive thing at the same time. So um, because you cover a lot of ground, I think you've even got a, a marine tank going now too that I saw that we'll, so we yeah. might dive into that a little bit later, but, um, I've done a little everything simply because of like the same thing you're saying. It's so easy to get caught into a niche, uh, even as a hobbyist myself for a time in my hobby, all I cared about was stingrays and Asian arowana. And if you didn't have that, I didn't care. Right. Um, but once I started kind of opening up a bit, it's like this big part of my heart was like, Oh wow! Remember when you wanted these, Joey, and you really liked that, and you wanted to try yeah. this, and and now I got to do it, and and um, you know get to meet all different types of people and learn that uh, I'm not better than them, and stingrays and arowana are pretty awesome, but lots of other things are pretty it's awesome true. too. Because I used it's to think true. like, oh, because if you have a reef tank, maybe you you don't say it out loud, but maybe you think you're a little bit better, or. And you're in the stingray hobby. You kind of look down. It's just a weird thing. Uh, it's an unsaid thing. But um, now I'm super cool with like keeping guppies, and I won't let anybody look down on anything that I'm doing or anything that I keep because, I mean, man, just open your eyes. There's so much more we could do, um, yep. especially with you guys. Um, kind of like leading the way in aquascaping and planted tanks in North America, kind of setting the standard and trailblazing in that manner. Uh, but I think you're in one of your last podcasts, you spoke with a guy uh, overseas uh, in the Eastern hemisphere, wherever that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dennis Wong. And yeah. And he spoke, oh, I know that name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two hour Aquarist, uh, pretty just well-known guy with his fertilizer line and all that. He's really making, yeah. making, uh, making a name for himself. Yeah. And he does things just so much differently, so much dr uh, more dramatically different. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was just so awesome to to see. And, you know, it's 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 so easy to trap yourself in, in such a minute part of the hobby, but uh, and, and fall absolutely in love with it. But once I started kind of like my hobby needs to serve a greater purpose, 
uh, I realized like I'm liking this way too much, way more than I thought, because I really wasn't looking forward to a certain types of fish or uh, promoting or advocating them. And but once I had them, I was like, man, these are just as great as my other tank. So every yeah. tank I set up, I'm just excited about. I'm like, this is my favorite tank now. Like I just set yeah, up you're... another tank, and um, I, I don't think anybody's seen it, but it's now my favorite tank. I always wanted to do that, and now I get to do it. You know, it's it's that's it's so an cool, interesting man. thing. Yeah. You ever kept fancy goldfish? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, when I did. Uh, it was I, I held a vote for the first time, and I got more votes than I had subscribers. Um, wow. Reef Builders was talking about it because uh, I was kind of t- I was a little embarrassed that I was keeping goldfish because it's almost like you're going back to the beginning of the hobby. <laughs> um, meanwhile, I, I got know, Asian I arowana, stingrays. I have all these like right, higher right. higher end difficult to keep, and then I'm I'm keeping these little goldfish. Uh, but it was absolutely beautiful. They had an entirely blacked out tank. Um, I'm pr- I think maybe the scape even then, which was about eight nine years ago. I think you guys were the ones that inspired it. It was a goldfish tank, large rounded river boulders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And a few little plants just kind of all piled up in the center. Almost yeah, like that's, odd- that's my that's my own theme at home right now, right behind me. Yeah, is, uh, that's exactly funny, what I did. Funny yeah. story, just last night. So in, in sort of anticipation of this uh, podcast, I had an idea to rework my, uh, my tank that's, you know, here in the frame behind me. Um, and kind of without thinking about the goldfish themselves too much, I had an idea and I started moving on it and I've got this just over the top. I mean, just incredible piece of wood, you know, I had to dig out from the, you know, the deep private stash at ADG and the whole thing. And I got all this momentum. I brought, I got everything home and I even started, you know, draining the water down in the tank and the, I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me, man, but I, I couldn't do it. The, the goldfish, they're coming up to the glass and they're doing, you know, with the mouth and the whole thing. And just, I was like, wait a minute, you know, these, I love these guys, you know, these are my friends. <laughs> I just, I couldn't do it. And I ended up just kind of reworking what I had. I'd had some problems. I had, I had wood in there with them and the, between the messiness of the fish and the contribution of the wood to yeah. kind of the water chemistry and quality, it was just too much. Um, so I took the wood out and I just, oh, really, really simplified things. Um, more open space for them. Now I'm going to add a few more fish, uh, in there, but, uh, you know, I just, I couldn't do it. I was, I was, you know, I had a container with aeration going to put them in. I was going to transport them back to the shop, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. I just, I said, man, I just, I've just, I've bonded with these fish in a way that I, I honestly, I don't often, I mean, so much of what I work with is don't have that as much of that pet quality to them. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got a school of Tetras, it's like, which one's yeah. Freddie, which yeah. one's, yeah. which one's yeah. Johnny, you know, you know exactly it's the hard. Point. but, uh, and I imagine with what you do and seeing so many of your aquariums there in your studio space, uh, you, you've definitely, I mean, you've got fish named, you've got, there's a deeper connection. I will, to there them. is, there is, well, it's human nature to be uh, attached to animals with intelligence, like dogs, for example, or sure. some cats, not all cats, some cats. But when it comes to fish, there's also like a level of intelligence. Like, I don't think a neon tetra is that smart, but right. as an Oscar, 
um, it, 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 so it can become difficult to stay, stick to, for me, it's difficult to stick to like the purpose of the aquarium gallery, which was to set up all these tanks, all these new scapes, all these new fish, uh, make a bunch of videos on each one and then kind of start it all over. And I talked about doing that before I had a single fish out here. Um, but stragglers kept staying along the way. And what I've discovered is, and I might be canceled for this but i <laughs> kind of feel like saltwater fish have more personality especially in their puffer fish sure no i know where you're going with that and i think there's some truth to that just in the sense that in a saltwater tank there is a tendency to have more of like single individuals yeah of a given type if you've got a school of uh green chromis or something you know less mm -hmm. so but because we yeah. often have you know a distinctive species of tang and a particular species of wrasse or whatever it may be. Mm. Yeah. They, they, and then too, I think just being reef animals, there is, that's a whole different dynamic that might yeah. demand more, a higher, you know, can we say, you know, intelligence even. And mm. I, that's what happened to me with the goldfish is now I know them as an individual so much that yeah. I was, I just, I feel a bond and I'd sort them. of forgotten that, that, that I was even to be honest, capable of that you know as I've, I've i've been treating my approach to aquarium has been so much design aquascaping kind of creating the whole scene kind of vibe and so i thought well, i'm just going to create a new scene back here what do i care yeah and yeah. and uh my, my wife even got she got a little teary about it that i you know that she was like you know it's exciting because she loves them, she loves level. them too yeah and she couldn't yeah. believe that i had actually i had bond because i've redone this tank a hundred times you know and that, that mm -hmm. i had bonded with these fish enough to not do that but i, I think well, you're absolutely right that, that some of the marine fish have a they can be but yeah you know i think frank kind of started it all for my channel in terms of opening my eyes and, and just the audience were far more attached they get so attached to certain things and certain animals and even yourself um so it's no no wonder that you you are getting you know attached and you and you see that individual you know almost personalities with the fish uh, and the goldfish but the interesting part about that tank uh, and this is in my humble opinion, but I believe that tank will get more people into the aquarium hobby than any other planted tank for a few reasons. Everybody knows what a goldfish is, but sure. you've done it so uh, beautifully uh, and it looks so elegant, yet it's obtain uh, attainable. Right. Uh, I feel like I could easily do that. Sure. Mind you, you place the rocks a certain way. That's the, that's the way you're able to do something is to make it look like it's it's just so naturally occurred like that. Right. Um, but they are placed a certain way. You probably spun each rock a few different ways and kind of take a step back. And it didn't take five minutes like my tanks do. But uh, I could guarantee you that tank is going to do wonders uh, for the hobby, just like my original goldfish tank did. A lot, so many people loved it. And it stopped a lot of people from hating on the common goldfish and fancy goldfish uh, simply because, like, it can be kind of cool if done the right yeah, way. But I do sure. think I do think the best skate for fancy goldfish is like the rounded rocks, a little bit mm -hmm. of plants, all kind of centered in the tank. Right. Like go all the they way need a lot of it. space. It's yeah. not, I'll t I just, I cut off the filters when I feed them. So the food can just go down to the bottom and they can eat as they like. Kind of They'll kind of eat and then they go off and look like they're chewing or digesting for a minute. And they circle mm -hmm. back and want to eat some more. Yeah. Um, so it's a whole vibe and a whole thing. And it's funny that you, and it's what I love about the, the perspective, uh, because you're, you're able to look at that and go, 
man, there's a chance that that does something to inspire somebody or there's a relatability to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on the other hand, um, there's, you know, and it's, it's normal. It's just something that I guess is something, it's something I have a particular awareness of, but there's definitely a crowd who again is rolling their eyes and going, you know, why would Jeff waste his time on this boring thing, you know, or whatever. Um, and it's funny and it's, it's challenging sometimes to not fall into the, uh, what you're, what you're, what you perceive as your tribe to be saying about something that you're doing. And it's something that, again, when you do a lot of different kinds of tanks, mm-hmm. you start to become more and more free from that. You know, and it's something I kind of, yeah. I think is cool about what you do with the, you've got a space where you can just dedicate it to trying this, trying that, uh, really cool stuff. stuff. So I was going to ask too, man, just in general, uh, what, do, what are you, what are you up to? What's, what's, what's going on with you? What's the, what's the current events for you right now? Cause I did see that you had a, I saw a post about wanting to get back out to some clubs, kind of mm-hmm. get back to the heart of the yeah. hobby. And you're offering to do some, uh, you know, some in-person presentations and to show up for, yeah. uh, giving some talks and whatnot with clubs and that you're just really putting yourself back out there at that grassroots level. Yeah, it, it was, it's been an interesting last two and three years. A uh, lot of things have changed in my life and I've, and, uh, it's come to the point where, you know, I wasn't happy with anything anymore. Like I'm not, I'm just not happy with a lot of things. And when you're not happy, you really got to make some changes. And I thought to myself, like, what do I really want to do with my life? Do I want to pursue some of the other businesses? Um, that I, that I work on? Do I want to just stop YouTube? Is is YouTube the source of my unhappiness? So I kind of took a break from YouTube, just kind of like figuring things out because I mean, after well over a decade, it's like 15 years now, but, um, to be on that grind for that long and posting that many videos continuously and your entire hobby is always on display for the entire world to kind of pick and poke at. Uh, I thought maybe I don't like this. Maybe I need a break. Uh, but the longer the breaks went on, the more I realized like I have no clue who I am without aquariums. And even YouTube is such a huge part of who I am and what I really enjoy doing. Um, so I was like, okay, let's get, let's make sure we, you know, stick to YouTube, but what else can I make some changes? I felt the pressure of being like the number one guy for so long. Um, and these days, like there's tons of people just blowing up overnight uh, and I kind of feel bad for them. Hopefully they don't uh, experience too many negative side effects from doing that. Mine was more of a slow burn. So I was kind of almost uh, conditioned for it. But uh, my biggest thought was uh, the biggest stress on my shoulders was like, I always have to do something huge and something big. And that's just really not who I am. You know, the gallery was the, the biggest thing I had ever done literally in my life. And people are like, what's next? What's next? What's right. next? So I was like, yeah. man, I guess, you know, it'd be cool to open the doors, but I can't open the doors to the public on seven feet from my house. My, my house is seven feet away from this wall. Um, tiny little alleyway to go between them. It's on private property. I can't really open the doors. Just so many uh, issues with that. Um, so, okay, let me lease a place and fill it with tanks. And uh, then I had problems with the the owner of the building putting me like two years behind schedule, which would have costed me hundreds of thousands of dollars. I had to abandon that. Um, and the biggest surprise there was I was going to film the whole process. I was going to make it self-sustaining. So I didn't actually have to make money off it from visitors. So 
I was talking about, yeah, there'll be a fee to get in and, you know, stuff. But the, the surprise was it was going to be for free. Uh, but I'm not going to stay there all day. It was going to be open three nights a week, something like that. And you schedule yeah. in, I'll do the tour. And that was about it. Maybe other times I'll schedule at birthday parties or something like that. I don't know. I was really excited about that. That didn't happen. So, you know, that taken out from under me. Um, and I'm kind of back to a, a square one. And I'm thinking, what do I want to do? How will I, how will I uh, maintain happiness and, and keep going and stay motivated? Because uh, you have to wake up every morning with purpose. Um, you have to, you ha- and my purpose is likely for the rest of my life going to be centered on the aquarium hobby and the industry. So I thought, why don't I just build another building on my property, turn it into a breeding facility, maybe quarantine. We'll do that next year. And maybe one the year after that, that building will now just turn into import and breeding and quarantine. And I open up a store, all fish are quarantined offsite, brought in offsite. Maybe I do something like that. And I think that is what the plan is, but what am I going to do with all this? First and foremost, I'm renovating my basement. I'm turning in that into uh, probably going to be one of the most jaw dropping things I've ever done, but it's taking forever. Uh, And then the gallery, I want to actually come out here and enjoy the tanks. But I did find that walking into a big building with just a bunch of fit, uh, tanks scattered just wasn't the vibe I was looking for. So I started building these walls up, sectioning it off, putting out the couch, like lining things up. So each room has something really cool to offer. So the first room, of course, is the 700 gallon with the piranha tank planted, Um, you know, the the computers, things like that, where you can kind of get a little bit of work done, close the door. So it's really quiet. Or I can come sit out here on the couch, enjoy the 2000, maybe look at the saltwater tank or the freshwater tank there. Uh, and then there's more tanks built into the wall that separates this room and I can go back there and I can tinker around and build little things and test things. And cause so it's kind of like an aquaponics room. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. So I, I guess I, I right now th- there still was something missing. I kept thinking like, how do I get into the hobby? What really started me? How do I help, you know, because the youth is the future of our industry and our hobby. And if we continue, I, I remember one time I was at a, a talk um, uh, doing a like a panel and they asked, what do, what do you think the future of the hobby is? And I already knew that at that time, five years ago, six years ago, whatever that was, that I was going to be the future of the hobby because I was becoming more and more influential. And I thought to myself, do I really want to lead the industry? I'm not stable enough to do that. I, I, I'm a normal guy with tons of personality and what comes with tons of personality is, uh, you know, uh, tons of things you could possibly say or do wrong. And I thought to myself, you know, this is why I'm getting Rachel O'Leary to do YouTube. This is why I'm getting some of the old timers in the hobby to embrace social media. I need you guys to be in the place where the ears and eyes of that next generation of hobbyists is going to be. Otherwise, you're going to have people like me running the show. And that's kind of what it is. Now, the most influential hobbyists are media creators. And a lot of the times, you know, not to throw too much shade, but they're a lot younger with very little experience, but they definitely know how to game the algorithm and get those views, um, which is fine. I'm not jealous. I do good myself. I do really well myself. But... I don't know if uh, they are responsible enough, right? Uh, or have the uh, you know the integrity or ethics ma- required to maintain this in the long run? Like, where will they be in fifteen years? Sure. What is the next generation? So, for me, I got in the hobby, getting into the organized hobby. Uh, I was only in it for about a year before I discovered a local aquarium club, 
I joined immediately. I was absolutely floored by what it was like. There was other, this was kind of before I, uh, I just had gotten onto the internet a year prior and we're talking 19, 20 years ago. Um, and I, I was surrounded with people that didn't know who I was, didn't care who I was. They just wanted to see my fish tanks. I was like, damn, I could reinvent myself. I don't have to live up to all everybody in my life and friends' expectations of me. I could really change myself uh, and move forward. And I did. The next year, I was on the board of directors. The next year, I was on, uh, the vice president. Then I became the president of the club. Uh, and then I turned that aquarium club into the largest by membership aquarium club in Canada within uh, six months. Uh, a year after that, you could only, or six months after that, you could only be president for one year. My term was up. The membership didn't want me to go. So the entire membership, I think it was like all the votes to one. So one person said no, but everybody else said yes. Dissolve the society and give this to Joey. Um, I had to take on all the financial uh, responsibilities, everything. I wasn't making money out of it. Um, And I was just so in love with what I was doing. Uh, I did that for a couple of years. Then I selected four members and I gave everything to them. Uh, and focused on YouTube. Um, when, when did it, how did when or how did it occur to you that like uh, there's something on YouTube was a a thing or a destination or I mean was it like a something you just started doing? Was there intention? I guess is what I'm trying to say. To you're kind of getting into that as far as mm-hmm. seeing potential reach, or it just seemed like another cool way to expose what you were doing, or or what was there like a was there a business plan there? It wasn't at first. Uh, the reason why the, the local club was so successful is I had, I was the new generation. I had so many new ideas. I knew what was working, what wasn't working. Uh, I had so much energy. Uh, and I was using YouTube at the time, but mostly just to upload to. But I thought to myself, if I can have such a big impact locally, YouTube's worldwide. So I started like uploading a little bit more, but it was mostly just updates and whatnot. But when I decided I got to take YouTube serious, it was, I was looking at other channels that were growing and that were huge. Um, LA fish guy. I don't know if you know who he is, but yeah, yeah. I remember he had like 10,000 subscribers. That was, he was the biggest. That was a big deal uh, back then. Yeah. Yeah. He was the biggest, uh, bulk reef supply, Mr. Saltwater fish tank, um, Dustin's fish tanks. Um, who else? Uh, New York Stilo. There's a few hardcore channels, but they're all about something. I was like, if I'm going to do this, what am I going to be about? Because I'm just a mix mash of everything. And I was like, well, my do-it-yourself projects are the most popular. I deleted everything else, and I just started doing do-it-yourself projects once a week. I did that for a couple of years before people were like, Joey, you're the king of DIY. You're the DIY king. You're the <laughs> king. You're the best at this DIY aquarium stuff. And I was like, man, that has a way better ring than it than Waru Joey because nobody right. can pronounce Waru Joey. They can't spell it. And it certainly doesn't rank well in the algorithm. So I was like, okay. Cool, cool ass DIY. fish though. <laughs> yeah. So I changed my channel name to the king of DIY. It was like community inspired and kind of picked. Um, it's not like self-proclaimed or self-named, although these days, you know, I, I own that name, but it was probably a mistake because even the King of DIY, there's no telling what that's about. Okay. He does do it yourself. Right. I probably should have picked a different name of some sort. Yeah. They're thinking you're, um, you're, you know, going to build a, a tool shed or you're going to, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. show you how nice to change block. your, change it, change your own oil, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how to fix the washing machine. Right. Um, Mine's broken, so that's where that's coming from. Right. Uh, if we'll only. be fixing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I made 
you know, and I never knew that one day I would build a gallery, but, you know, or anything like that. But anyways, you could see where my beginnings were and it was all community based uh, and, and promoting and growing and being responsible and, and, and maintaining, maintaining integrity and integrity for me was everything. I left so much money and sponsorships and deals and offers uh, on the table. I said, no. Um, and maybe we can get into that later, but when you do are sponsored, you doesn't matter what you say to your audience. Oh, I'm going to say what I want or do this or do that. No, you're not. Or you're going to lose your sponsorship. Right. Yep. It's simple as that. So the integrity yeah. part, yeah, I don't believe it, but, um, I thought, I thought to myself, you know, what are, what's one thing I got to do? You know, I, I used to do a lot of speaking. Um, I hate the traveling part, but the impact that I was having on clubs was like, they're like, oh, this is the largest attendance we've ever had. Our memberships are doubling. All of these positive things that will follow them for years. It'll take one day out of my time to have sure. an impact on that local club for life. But the channel got big. It's blowing up. Um, I'm too important for these little clubs anymore. I'll focus on the highest paying conventions. And that's, you know, everybody at once, more bang for their buck. And I can get more people and meet a thousand people instead of a hundred people. And, and, and so I started doing that, but then that's a political scene. And this is, I'm helping people pad their pockets as opposed to grow the lifeblood of the hobby, which everybody cannot remember or cannot forget is local fish stores and fish clubs. Without those, we do not exist. It's very yeah. simple. Maybe yeah. we'll survive a couple more years uh, with the fish that we have, but I mean, with no stores and they will go out of business um, if we don't support them and no fish clubs that are responsibly um, curating their local hobby and building up future hobbyists. If it wasn't for my lo local, local fish club, I wouldn't exist. So I thought, what, what should I do? What would make me happy again and wake up with feeling like I truly have purpose again? And that is to do what's right. And that is to promote the fish clubs and the fish stores. The fish stores that have opened in the last three years. And I say that because two years ago we were in, you know, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say the words or the descriptions of right, what happened. Yeah, the, or the, the, the lockdown. The, un we were the, the unnamed virus. <laughs> yeah, we were in the lockdown and some stores had just opened up and, and a lot of them couldn't survive the lockdown. Um, you know, so I'd love to come back and bring awareness. Awareness is everything to the survival of a fish store. Simple as that. It doesn't matter what their service is like or their prices or whatever. If you know you have a local fish store, chances are you're going to go to it. I don't have a single right. one. I got to drive an hour away to get to one. Um, but a lot of people don't know about those stores. And as soon as I started promoting, those stores are... We used to never ha have fish stores in my area that could survive longer than about 12 to 18 months before they would shut their doors. Yeah. Um, so that was the original reason why I started touring my local fish store. First fish store I ever did tour was my local fish store. Um, and that kind of, went, that almost went viral. And then I kept doing more fish stores and more fish stores. So I was like, man, this is such, so beneficial to film these fish stores. It's mutually beneficial. People like them. I'm getting the views, you know, yeah. um, they get the, uh, the exposure. It, it worked out fantastic. Uh, but it's a very noble kind of thing, man. That's really, that's, that's admirable. I think that may be a side of your story that is often not, not well known or, uh, you know, people are watching a video, they, they have some opinion or criticism of that particular video and they, that mm -hmm. forms their, in their mind, that's who you are, what you do. And I think that that, that backstory and that, I mean, you can just, you can hear it in your voice, man, that the, there's, you know, an authenticity to your when you talk about integrity, I mean, you've 
you've walked that walk, you know, and it's like, and you acknowledge, Hey, it's mutually beneficial, but you know, this exposure for the, the local fish store, uh, the clubs, that's, 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 that's some grassroots stuff that has a genuine ripple effect in things. That's not just going after the, well, I'm going to wear the ball cap of whatever filter company gave me the free one for the video, or I'm going to make sure I'm sipping coffee from their coffee mug or whatever. But there's a domino, Um, that's going out there and doing domino effect to it. There's a domino effect though, because a lot of creators don't really create new content or come up with new concepts. They'll just do what's working. So the fish store tours, everybody does fish store tours now. Perfect. Right. Fantastic. Sure. Now, now sure. we're helping out more than you think. We, nobody used to really film events or uh, YouTubers or that they never even went to events. I started going, started filming, started making everything look way better than they are. And to be fair, I've never been to an event that should take me longer than two hours to see everything and I can go home. You know, get everything I want, but we're we're getting them to come and stay there for two and three days now. Uh, right. Lots of things are a lot of uh, positive impact um, can happen if you just take the risk and do it yourself. Uh, you know, take that one on the chin and see if it's going to work. But yeah, I do know that th- there's been uh, some people like me, some people don't like me. But I can spend all day defending myself to people that don't care anyway. Even if they hear the truth, what are they going to do? Do you think they're going to apologize and be like, "Oh, Joey, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know," or they'll take something out of context or whatever the a case f- might be? A few might, a few might. They but, don't. Yeah, you're right. They you're never right. do. So, By and I large. learned that a long time ago. I'm like, I don't care what you think about me. I know the truth, and my right. kids know the truth, and my my fiance knows the truth, and that's basically all that matters. And then, like the real uh, creators know the truth as well, right? Um. And or, you know, people who have met me in person as opposed to, well, I seen him talking for three minutes on the Internet, so I hate him. I don't like him. And that right. was a biggest big fear of mine when I started making videos when I started when I was, tw- I was 25 years old. I'm going to date myself and it sucks because I'm going to be 40 in a couple months. I'm the, I don't care, but it just sounds old. I never it's thought I'd right. be 40. I thought I was going to be like in my 20s forever. But when I started making videos at 25, first thing I thought about was nobody's going to take me serious because I look too young. Second thing was, they're going to make fun of my appearance. They'll find something. Everybody finds something to make fun of somebody on the internet, especially at the time, because trolling was at an all-time high. Um, Is that why, now, were you lifting back then? Because the, no. the, the arms are impressive, brother. So, I mean, clearly there's... A- <laughs> that, that has everything to do with me pushing 40. My metabolism slowed down. Right. Um, I barely work out. Maybe a, uh, t- t- three days on, three months off. Like, I think I went to the gym twice last week, and then I was like, yes you know, I'm Ronnie Coleman now, <laughs> like, I, but then I haven't gone since, uh, right. just I've worked out since I was 15. So I can maintain, uh, and, and carry things along for the sure. rest of your life. So kids start exercising young. It's a lifelong habit that you will carry forever. And there's never really been any negative side effects from exercising. Right. Uh, of course. So I, uh, worried about my appearance, worried about my age, worried about not being taken seriously. Um, so I decided if I'm going to be on camera and it was how to build an acrylic aquarium, I was like, I have to be on camera. I decided I'm going to be a robot. Um, hi, everybody. Joey here again, and welcome back. So right, in today's video, thing. yeah, that yes, thing. Yeah. but I hated every minute of it because right, then yeah. I was like, well, now I can't mess up what I'm saying. So I got to script it. And then I had scripts behind the camera that I'm reading from. And I'm like, what is the point of this? I'm not a company. I don't care if uh, people buy my product or not because I don't have a product for you to buy. Right. Um, 
and then the gallery happened. I was uh, too much to do to like script. And so I just started like vlogging. I did a few before that and they were really popular. People really enjoyed it, but I was embarrassed. I thought, you know, you guys aren't going to like my personality. I have dark humor sometimes. I come sometimes curse a lot. That's the hardest thing that I do now is try not to swear when I'm on camera. I can't help it. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to curse. I'm glad you booked this earlier. Else, otherwise, I like to have a beer with my friend, and then I'm right. like, yeah, at the end of it slurred. And, no, uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I've debated that on the podcast in general. Just you know, because if I'm just when I'm just speaking in normal, or I'm yeah. talking to people I know or whatever, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it's it's just a normal part of language for yeah. me. Uh, it's it probably. Might- it might slip out here and there. Uh, sure, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. yeah, but just don't make a habit out of it. I yeah, mean, I mean, I, I, the, I, I kind of, go, the, I sometimes go, do I need to use that word yeah. if I'm speaking in terms of a, you know, a broad audience? And yeah. it's aquarium content at the end of the day. Um, you know, I don't need to, there's not much to prove in that category. And I'd rather, you know, some young person who's, Parents still, you know, maybe they monitor what they look at yeah. online and this kind of stuff. You know, I don't want them to have a problem with it because just over well, the top dropping f bombs every other sentence. But, every other, I mean, yeah, it is how I, mean. I speak in real life, but it's yeah, you the, know, I don't know. The I, odd I curse word that. is fine. Yeah, yeah, the odd curse word is going to be fine, but you know, sure. um, some so podcasts about- you see the interviews and they're really. I mean, it's a lot of. It's definitely something where just all bets are off, and they're just you know cursing and doing whatever they need to do. Yeah. To, make the conversation there's two ways but... there's two ways to curse though there's a couple ways to curse though there's one where you're emphasizing a sentence or you're using it often but it's kind of the way you talk and then there's people that it seems like you're just trying to swear yeah yeah so and i don't like that i find that a little bit annoying but sure you know so yeah getting on camera for the first time was really uh nerve-wracking and whatnot but over time i've become more and more and more comfortable it's not like i was made for this uh i think deep down I probably was. I do have a background in most of my career outside of YouTube's been sales and you do have to uh, be pretty personable uh and be somewhat of a character. But sure. um I can see uh, you being a hell of a salesman. That's for that's for sure. Yeah. I can see I was I always see number really, one. I can see you thriving in that actually. That makes yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I liked it. You know, outside of YouTube, you know, I thought what if I wasn't doing YouTube, what would I do? And I tell people, I don't really know, but I'd probably be selling real estate or cars. As dirty sure. as like selling cars is sounds, I don't uh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of aspects to it. Every, you know, practically everybody needs one. Yeah. Um and yeah, there's a huge spectrum of possibility there, you know. Yeah. Uh it's not just the guy down at the shady used car lot <laughs> trying to know. hustle you. Uh you get into the level of like hot, you know, high end or luxury automobiles. Yeah. And there's there's yeah. a lot of um, that's, that's high level sales. You know, that's, yeah, that's a different that's game. There's not, no, no shame yeah. in that, you know, but, uh, so you've got a, have you done Marine tanks before? Is this Marine yeah. project something that you're, uh, kind of stepping back into or, um, you know, I, I think my first saltwater tank might've been around 10, 15 years ago, something like that. Um, and it was a saltwater tank with some coral. Uh, I've done reefs up to, 375 gallons. Um, I've had more than 10 saltwater tanks, probably closer to 20 at this point. But to be entirely and completely honest, I like them for a little bit and then I lose entire and complete interest. Right. Uh, and people are like, well, wait till you get into the coral. I was like, coral's the problem. I like the fish. Sure. Um, and I like some of their predator fish and some of their bigger uh, saltwater fish. So, um, you know, and that, that scene, Joey, is still pretty. 
I don't think there's not been a lot of uh, action in social media, et cetera, anyway, with that, with that category, you know, the, the fish only marine aquarium is uh, one I'm always going, why is this not more done? Oh, and if it is, I mean, clearly there's people doing it and there are, there's accounts out there, but uh, I think there's a lot of area for expansion uh, in that side of things because mm-hmm. I mean, fish are hard. I mean, the marine, the fish might be more challenging than the coral in a lot of ways, as you've probably experienced. Um, at the same time, to me, a marine, a, a fish only uh, marine tank is a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity to, to, to focus because when you have mm-hmm. coral, you tend to have a lot of different kinds of coral. You've got some from totally different region. You've got a lot of things chemistry wise going on in there, but if you've got good light, good skimmer, I mean, there's some things to kind of normalize the environment. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like the, the, the marine fish thing could be, especially you get into the predator fish and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause look how big the, uh, monster fish freshwater category has gotten. I mean, that, that's got a huge following out there. I mean, you guys in a lot of the, there's even a definite identifiable style of that tank. Now, you know, yeah. you've got the arowanas, there's maybe some pike cichlids in there, uh, stingrays. Uh, there's always, you know, some big shovel nose cat or, um, you know, in their generally bare bottom, maybe there's like one piece of wood in there or something. Yeah. Um, definitely these guys template. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, a vibe to it that I've seen kind of become the, 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 the monster fish thing could maybe use a little more escaping in my view, but it's hard with all those big fish. Uh, yeah. it's a, it's, it's kind of like the goldfish. They, you got to give the, those animals a lot of space, you know, yeah. but the, uh, you know, I could see you applying that kind of approach to, like you say, the predator marine tank. Um, it's done, but it's not, there's not a lot of action out there for it. I think that's something that could be opened up more. I think it's actually probably more accessible than a full blown reef tank, you know, because you could have a big aquarium, but with fewer actual animals that you can really focus on, you can focus on their feeding, their care. You're not trying to keep this whole, you know, dynamic, ecosystem thing going yeah, kind of like goldfish and you know your oscars and pet fit you know if you've got a a a, a big cool moray eel in there with the grouper and the, you know the whole those are characters those are those are pets those are they got a name that's a friend you know that's uh it's got a vibe to it i don't know i could see you i could see you blowing that up actually this the with the saltwater fish a lot of them those tanks can actually be run like a freshwater aquarium. And that's what I'm doing with most. And, and I've been advocating and promoting it, not even using a protein skimmer. Cause we already have the rock in there. We have tons of biological filtration. In most cases, I'm just using a canister and low lighting uh, and being incredibly successful with it. Uh, once the tank is completely cycled and whatnot and everything's balanced, you're really not going to run into many issues with it. But when it comes to right now, I'm keeping lionfish and puffers, but uh, Oh, and longhorn, uh, cowfish and shrimp and lots of fun little things that seem to be a little bit more advanced. But uh, for example, I kept lionfish about three years ago and I took so much heat from the internet. I just rehomed it. They're like, Joey, this is so irresponsible. How could you promote keeping lionfish? They're so invasive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I buckled. I wanted everybody to like me. Um, (laughs) And recently I'm thinking, you know what? There's no evidence that hobbyists cause the invasion in, uh, in, in some of the f- reefs uh, all over the world with lionfish. There's, scientists are thinking that the ag simply blew there. 
There's simply too much of a population explosion for one or two lionfish to have caused that. Um, and when it comes to keeping them in your home aquarium, I don't really think anybody's releasing them to the wild anyways, because they're good eating. People catch them and eat them. Sure. Um, but when people are like, how could you dare keep a lionfish? It's one less one in the wild. Well, you know this thing, man. That's 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 looking for... That's what do they call it? The uh, 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 virtue signaling or whatever. This yeah. thing. That's an internet phenomenon. They're looking to come yeah. and find anything to... You know, it's oh, he's got a lionfish. I know that that there's some controversy around them. They've become you know profoundly invasive in certain regions in the wild. I get all that, but this I don't know. I I I I I tr- I, honestly, I didn't know what I didn't know what virtue signaling or cloud chasing or anything like that. I didn't even know what it was at the time. There's no matter um, what you do in this thing, somebody will find something to yeah yeah pick apart. Yeah. Uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, lionfish has been around in the marine aquarium for a long time. For all the, just all of a sudden, too many hobbyists released them in the wild. And they, I mean, it started in Florida, I think is the origins yeah. of that, which kind of makes sense. I mean, you've got a ton of, <laughs> ton of distribution and importation. And like, there's a lot of fish operation that mm-hmm. happens in Florida. And so, you know, you know the there could be more of an opportunity for, and- for things. Yeah. I mean, we have that here uh, in Houston in the bayous where, I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, tropical fish, giant, you know, placostomus and you can catch Oscars and, uh, those things because we're borderline tropical here. And if we don't have a cold enough winter, uh, clearly these fish are surviving in because people have been catching them. And for years and years, there's even guys that fish specifically for that stuff, uh, in the bayous and stuff. Right. Um, so I don't know, that's always, it's always been a thing. It's why we can't have fish that I'm obsessed with, man. Uh, Asian arowanas, yeah. stingrays. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I've had the, 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 the only way I can do it is, is my, <laughs> that's only I can honor my red Asian arowanas on my tattoos because they're profoundly illegal here. Uh, I'm always jealous of my Canadian I wonder, friends keep this stuff. I wonder if you should look through the loophole, look into it. I've told the number of creators this. Uh, you guys are an education, educational facility. Yeah, we've, with, we have looked at that. It's at, pretty pricey. At least 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of pricey. It's, it's, it's it will the, be the only ones. That's true. That's true. Um, what is that worth? Yeah. What is that And that's worth? not to say no one's ever gotten one and brought it back here or whatever. That goes on, but... Um, oh it, yeah, that's a horrible it, idea. Ten thousand dollar fine minimom. Uh, yeah, it's too. What, it's just too risky. Obviously, I can't do that. You know, I'm, it would be it's spotted. Not that either, yeah. Be spotted too easily or whatever. They're coming across the borders with suitcases of Asian arowana. Yeah, you know, ten, twenty of them, and you know that might be a fish that I would pay two thousand for. But but they're bringing them to the states, and they'll sell for ten, fifteen, twenty thousand. But Easy. you get caught. It's no different than trying to sneak an elephant over the border. These are a highly endangered and protected species of fish highly endangered is their wording not mine i don't well that's old that's nonsense now I mean, old, that, old data there yeah. is no reason we shouldn't be able to keep a uh captive bred and raised animal that's even a it's even a hybridized domesticated version of the endangered exactly. species and they've got a chip in them they've got i mean there's just there's a there's it's it makes no that sense the farms aren't advocating I know it's interesting it, too that the farms aren't advocating to it because how does commerce work? 
supply and demand. What if yep. supply jumps by 350 million people? Uh, and on average, what is it in the United States? One in 10 or two in 10, something like that, have a fish tank? Yep. Something like Not that. Right. So you're looking Not at right. a, a new customer base of easily 50 billion in a first world country. These people do have the money. I know. I don't know why they don't get together and figure things out. They, Seriously. I've been I'm happy. This for years. The price will go way campaigns. up. But, yeah, there's been some yeah. campaigns here to uh, legalize arowana and you know other yeah. things. And it's just that it doesn't have sufficient lobbying and everything else to get it mm-hmm. past the legislation. It's old CITES stuff. And yeah. so that fish is still named on there. You know, uh, yeah. a congressman can't be bothered with some aquarium hobby, something like you say, yeah, there's just not an, if there was enough of a voice about it going, look, these are, this is not the wild animal. This is not collected in the wild and then being kept in my aquarium. Uh, these are farmed. I mean, there's, they're so trackable as well. It just makes, it makes no sense. It's a problem we have here. And I guess there's a little bit of the invasive factor too, uh, in, because you can drive up, you know, to the Midwest, you can get up into, into Michigan or whatever and buy piranha all day, you know, mm-hmm. and any fish stores got them. Uh, but they're super illegal here, you know, and uh, rightfully I so. Think if it, but, I think if anybody does battle it, it will be a losing battle unless the right people get behind it that have money. I think right. first and foremost, the farms in Singapore, Thailand, those, those types of places, they're going to have to first lobby and um, pool their resources together. Then we'll need somebody like Sandy from Seagrass Farms um, who's got the money and the stands to benefit off it if she could bring them in. Um, and and big heavy hitters within the hobby that have that type of influence yeah. or at least uh, like a business that sells and does that sort of thing and, and they have the money to kind of pay the lawyers. Uh, if that were to happen, there is no house that I won't stand on top of and scream and help them. Yeah. But if we just have some guy that's, you know, down in Maine or something, and he's like, Joey, share this. We, we're trying to get the, as many likes on this post, and that's not going to do anything. Right. It's just a waste of time and not energy at the legislative and resources. Level. And, yeah. Yeah. It's more of a, more of a, you know, a fluffy, fun feeling if you get a bunch of likes or, you know, on change.org or something. But I don't even know if anything really changes from there, especially a fish that, you know, might have 10,000 supporters or something like that. But right. if, if if there was a real plan in place, uh, I would definitely get behind that and help as much as I can. And I would force everybody I know to help with me. Um, <laughs> so I, I love it, man. Yeah. I would no, just get mad. Would, like, I've, I've gotten would, mad at people for not helping say things or do things with me in the hobby or to advocate or whatever. I'm like, if you don't do anything about this, we, I don't know if I want to be even talk to you or be your friend anymore. Right. Um, like, cause th- I'm so passionate about this. And if you're not with me, you're against me. And I don't expect you to go with me on everything. Like, let's be realistic. But when it, if it were, I'm just using this as an example, because if it came to arowana, the Asian arowana and getting them legalized, captive bred legalized. Right. Um, then I, I would totally, uh, you know, be a champion for it. But it's weird to me because I, I'm seeing people in the States now getting the pig nose turtle. And as long, as long as it's city certified, then it's, uh, and it comes and it can be proved that it's captive bred. You can have them. There's not right. nearly as many of those as there are Asian arowana. I know. It makes zero sense to me. It just makes And I can't even sense. get a turtle in Nova Scotia. It's it really, you can't that yeah. now that you can't have up there. Yeah. I can't, can't have turtles. Salmonella. Like it's ridiculous. I don't know oh who made God. that law in 1842 when right. they were coming over on the boats and whatnot, but well, I don't even know. It, it becomes almost um, 
when it, when an urban legend becomes actual written into laws, you yeah. know, I, I, I'm I, be afraid, right? I mean, and that's yeah. been going on for a long time. It's like people are afraid of getting salmonella from eggs from the supermarket or, you know, picking up that's only on the shell. So the inside of the egg is there's, I mean, the shell may have it. Yes. But the inside, the part you're going to eat cannot have those, uh, kinds of, uh, pathogens or contaminants no. or like, that's not even a thing, but the number of people that think that that that's, you know, the whole egg is somehow uh suspect or what, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah. uh, Somebody picked CFIA, up a disease the, once from an animal, and now it's taken way too far. The CFIA, which is the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, is so stringent and so strict. Uh, and I had no clue how bad it was until some of the first times I went to the United States. And I would go to places like McDonald's or someplace that like, we have for sure, Subway, those types of things. And I noticed a distinct taste in your guys' lettuce and produce compared to ours. Um, and it is night and day. I'm like, that really? wasn't let I don't think that was lettuce <laughs> that I just right. had. It's much different here. Um, I, it, I don't know if it's rinsed better or it's cleaner or grown without like chemicals or something. It's just so much different here. And Lord knows, maybe we get our lettuce from the States and I'm oblivious and just think Canadian food tastes better. But I've imported a ton of fish before uh, and, and even like worms and the CFIA have shown up at my house and demanded to see the containers, the animals, wow. the paperwork, uh, that sort of thing. And, um, they were coming at like some of the most bizarre times and, and always like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I'd be like, no, I'm not showing you anything. It's my hobby. It's my fish. They're like, you have about 10 minutes to produce the paperwork or we're going to put red tape around your building and you won't even be going in there. Wow. I was like, okay. Oh, I was like, just give me a sec. I think it's on the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which is, you know, again, I, not, it would be digressing down a whole other path of darkness here. But I mean, that, that kind of stuff t to me is always disturbing, you know, that, yeah. uh, I mean, but I guess they're enforcing something that's presumably to protect the environment. Yeah, I mean, I, worried I get about all that. The, 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 they thought the black worms soil, um, there was something going on with, uh, California blackworms and their right. soil. They didn't want it to contaminate ours because apparently okay. there's fungus and different things in the soil that could like spread. And I was like, I don't know where you think I'm going to put the soil. And I just showed them on the ground, like right outside the door of the gallery. I was like, I just dumped the soil there. I was like, just into the gravel, it rinses away eventually. And they're like, well, uh, we're going to have to take a sample. And well, does everything blackworms, they, they're, they come in pretty, water. Yeah. It's a fairly clean product overall. I mean, yeah. they really are, it's a clean product. I mean, we've, yeah. we've been getting those for years and years and I just don't see any, uh, you know, that, that's just that, that kind of stuff's annoying and it's so rampant in the hobby. Um, hang on a second. Now my, my, I'll edit this out. The dogs. It's okay. You keep I'm it just in. letting the dogs out and the dogs start barking like crazy. <laughs> Doors <nuts>. slamming. <laughs> I live down the Babe, street. I'm the working. <laughs> I've lived down the street from a, the fire department too, so I'm 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 good for a couple of fire trucks passing by on any yeah. given podcast. Well, that's but, what uh, Tamara's always say. Just let me know when I'm when you're filming because her timing's the worst. Because my phone will start going ding ding ding, and she's in right. and out of here, and I'm like, okay, well, 
sometimes I don't care. Um, I right. think podcasts are fine. I mean, we everybody has something going on in their house. And I think sure. I always think it's interesting to hear a little bit of the background noises. Like maybe you heard a voice. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that was his wife or, you know, who was that? And Oh, that's what they sound like. Oh, he's got dogs. And I don't know. Keep it in. <laughs> yeah, right. I, which I, I've always said, dude, I'm going to edit it out. Unless, and then in the, in the final dogs thing, are I'm illegal like, oh, in Texas. Oh, shit, I forgot to edit that out, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's a lot of work to run a podcast. Not only you got to get the guests, you got to set up your equipment, you got to get the time, you got to have the software, and you're paying for all of this. You got to come up with a topic, you got to kind of research it, you got to keep the conversation moving. And then once you're all done and all the hard work is over, no, now you got to edit it. Then you have to upload it. Then you have to extract the audio, get it onto iTunes and all these other places. Plus, you have to pay for the hosting to host all that. It's a bit of a nightmare. And then you got to market so, it. And then you're chopping yes, up YouTube or you're chopping the whole thing yeah. now and trying to deploy yeah. your chopped cuts. And which I'm, I'm, that's the part I probably am the worst at. But no, you're totally right, man. It, it, it's, it's more work than I thought. You know, it's like, yeah. ah, if this happened to me, you know, we had a long conversation on your channel uh, last year mm -hmm. and I was trying to get a, a YouTube channel going myself and was, you know, had a man, did I ever have some big, big visions for that? And dude, it took no time at all for that to eat me alive. Like I, it yeah. was like, wow, that game is really evolved. And um, yeah, it, 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 it took me down. I mean, I ended up with a, something like a cold, for like two months, you know, I don't oh, get wow. sick and I got, you know, but I was just grinding so hard to try yeah, and stress. keep up. I thought I was going to do it like a side hustle yeah. and no, no man that. So, I mean, gig. props to biggest... you. It's a full time thing and it's very, it takes a lot of energy. Um, a lot of this content well, you have creator to you... stuff is, uh, is not easy. It takes a lot of energy. Oh yeah. It, it, it's well, one it's of the work. things that what. One of the things that I've found, if I'm going to bring my podcast back, because this is the second podcast I've ever done. Like, I I had one years ago, and I created a mobile app, and I put it on there, and I and I gave the app away for free, and then I lost interest after about twenty episodes. This one, technology is getting in the way. I'm going against exactly what I've always said, and that is, don't let the camera get in your way. So I, well, my camera's right here. Sometimes I wear a microphone, sometimes I don't. Uh, I break right. these mic these all the time, which really sucks because they're not cheap. But I'll drop them. I have fallen water, that sort of thing. But I got to get right. the shot. And I want to make it super simple and easy. Um, and if you let all of the microphones, and it takes so long to say, if you let technology get in the way, by the time you're ready to film, it's exhausting. And there's so much pressure on you. Yeah. Because um, you've spent all this money on equipment. And now you got the shots ready. And then, so my suggestion would to, to try the running gun style just a little bit. It might not be your style, but... Try to make videos or whatever you do as easy as possible. So the only way the podcast is coming back, and I've thought about it, I might just film it right here, but these microphones are going to have to be installed into the sides of these tanks and hide away when I'm not using them. And then when I am, they're just going to come out. Cameras, I don't know what I'm going to do or lights or anything, but everything has to be super easy to do or I'm not doing it. The other thing is, is it's only going on YouTube. I'm not putting it anywhere else. Um, you know, maybe someday I'll upload it to iTunes and uh, Stitcher and all these other podcast websites. But all, most of the views came for me came from YouTube anyway. Right. Uh, and uh, Tamara helps with the clips and whatnot and chopping things up. But um, for the most part, I just don't edit unless I say something I really regret, which could get somebody in trouble that I didn't mean to or that I really don't want to have to deal with the consequences of saying sure. this. 
Yeah. Um, which hasn't happened often. I don't think any of my podcasts have really been cut up or chopped up or anything because you've had a couple um, of moments over the years. I know with the YouTube thing, I, re- I remember randomly catching one, one time, long time ago, but you know, I think it, it, and it looked as if it was like late at night and, um, and it was just a troll situation. Uh, just somebody, it was, a, it was kind of a oh, Instagram. <laughs> it was kind of a younger guy maybe. And he was, and he was just, he was just talking crap and, you know, it was a younger and, guy with no shirt on, and you got you got triggered in some kind of way, and you know that, was, was I think you might have been live streaming or whatever, and just kind of lost it, you know, which is human. It happens to the it happens to the full blown professionals, like that happens from time to time. That, human, that's the way those being. videos. That's the way those videos were clipped. Um, yeah. But right before that, I had been live streaming that day for about seven hours. I was drinking and having fun. Everybody loves my live live streams that I was doing during the pandemic. It was like getting yeah. to hang out with somebody. And I really sure. liked it because I couldn't have friends. And I really wanted to talk to people. And um, so I was going live. Um, then troll. I seen a few trolls seven hours in in the comments. And I was like, if you guys want to see what it feels like uh, to be trolled, uh, join me. Uh, request to join. So all these requests, I hit one um, and I, I uh, roasted him really bad. Yeah. Loaded drunk. But what got clipped out at the end was I said, and I have the full clip. Do you see what it feels like? This yeah. is why you shouldn't do this. This hurts. Right. This hurts feelings. You know, I did my best to say everything I could that could possibly hurt your feelings that I thought you might be insecure about and hurt you just so you can get an idea of what it's like to do that to a complete stranger. Sure. Um, that got clipped out. Nobody uploaded that part because everything's okay. taken out of context. Oh, of course. Um, it's the very so, nature of a clip. So just I let everybody get good stuff. I let everybody get their views and I let them stay up for about I don't know, three to six months, let them get their views. And as soon as they started dying out, I started copyright striking them. This is my content. This is my content. And the reason I do this is because unfortunately I knew that kid. I knew him. We talk. He was applying for college. He was talking. He's like, man, I really don't want people to see this. Can you get them taken down? I was like, yes, but nobody knows this story. They just think Joey went out of control. Joey bullied a kid. And yep. then Joey started copyright striking. They don't know right. the whole story. They don't know that he's got he's he's in school for biology right now. I know his name. They don't. Every time it's like, oh, remember that time you bullied this kid? It's like, what's his name? What's his name? Yeah. I I know him. Uh, the other thing is, before I did any of that, I set the live stream to be eighteen plus. I was drinking. I was smoking cigars. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. I remember. It's yeah. cringy. It's yeah. cringy when I think about it. But right. You know, whatever. And obviously, you should never like you know, drink that much and be on video, but I felt like I was safe. Um, and, uh, you know, he was like 16 or 17 or something like that at the time. Again, we still talk to this day, uh, off and on, but it's just interesting to see the, the way people will manipulate and change and clip a story. Of course, it's going to look ridiculous. Yep. If I'm sitting here screaming at a kid. <laughs> well, that is ridiculous looking. But right. let's look at the if bigger picture. That's all you see. What... You're like, oh my god, this guy's yeah. a loose cannon, and you know yeah. he's dangerous. Yeah. And uh, so some people took uh, it out of context. Some people were trying to cancel, but a lot of people that were there were like, I didn't even have to say anything. I made a video about it, responding to it, and I was like, I unlisted on my channel um, about a year later. You know, I don't need this to be part of my legacy. And then these people going to search up this kid and then trying to bully him or say something to him or harass him while he's, you know, getting into college and trying to build his life. He's going to start fresh. And I just took it in the I took it on the chin for him. Like, 
I'll delete the video. I'll make the video. I'll copyright. I looked really bad doing all that, but I didn't care. I wasn't going to explain myself to people that don't want to hear this whole story anyways. Right. Um, But in the DMs, if people brought it up, I was like, no, this is actually what happened. Here's the full clip. Uh, And they're like, oh, shoot, I didn't know that. I'm like, of course you didn't. You jumped to conclusions. Right. I'm so easy to talk to. It's so easy to get a hold of. But you know what's easier? Free views. Right. And trying to cancel somebody, and I don't even get canceled. Right, um, I don't. But it's, I, it I is a thing. I mean, it is a uh, more so now. I think if that if that would have happened like this week, there's yeah. even more of a of a of an internet mob out there on any mm-hmm. any damn thing you can come up with. Uh, that's outside of the. If there's something that can be construed as controversial or even mildly inappropriate, or you know any of this stuff. It's or if I can better yet, if I can take something long form mm-hmm. and cut it out of if I can clip ten seconds out of the long format situation, and now that's so much the way things are consumed. So mm-hmm. I cl- I make a clip out of an hour conversation and make a YouTube short and a TikTok and a every a reel out of it, etc. Should be making six of them every every conversation you have, six of them and uh, a little tip so you don't have to watch it all back is if you hear something during your podcast um and you're like, "Damn, this is going to make for a good clip." Look at the timestamp and write down the time. Sure. I mean, yeah, this uh, the platform I use has a thing you can actually do that if you can you just you hit the M key, I think, or something on your keyboard and it hmm. kind of mar- it marks it so it's easy to go back and find. Wow. Um that's a because yeah, there, because why? Because it's becoming such a thing to yep. yeah, that's how you're going to market it, and you're looking for yep. those little pieces, and just it makes sense. But because of that being so much the way to get, like, I could make a whole t- channel of just nothing but hit pieces on Joey Mullen, you know, and probably find little moments from your streams and stuff, any yep. little thing you say. And make oh, you know, yeah. which is just—it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And it's but- been done. It—it's been done. Um, you know, it—it's it, always interesting to watch people take the moral high ground, uh, while they're name calling you, harassing you, uh, not telling the truth, and then call you names. I've right. always found that fascinating. So I don't respond to anybody. I, I don't see the point. Yeah. I've no. I won't say that I haven't fantasized about it. And I look at them and then I take a look at their content and I look at close to their, their history. And then I can really dig through the internet and then I find some stuff. I'm like, this doesn't end well for you. Right. I'm going to leave you alone though. Sure. Sure. If that's what you need to do, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It can't be bothered. Lives- and some people are like, oh, you're taking, you're taking the, the moral high ground and you're taking the higher high ground and that sort of thing. And I always thought to myself, this doesn't happen in person when I meet people. And I used to think, you know, it's because, you know, people are scared or something. That's not it. In person, people are human beings. On the internet, they don't have they have zero accountability. There's no accountability right. besides having fun trolling or being offended by something and flipping out and there's absolute no control. When's the last time you uh were standing side by side someone in an elevator and you know just flip out at them? For, yeah. For something they don't even know that you saw. It's rare. It takes a lot of ridiculous. things. Come, a lot of, lot of, lot of hormones and chemistry and, yeah. and and mood needs to come together for that to happen. I've got yeah. a, a. There's a guy right now, and I I secretly hope he's watching this, but um, I don't get too many. I haven't had a big troll problem in general over the years. Mm-hmm. There's always 
there's always one or two hanging around. I mean, I try to, I don't put too much of my personal self out there. So you get the occasional critique of the work or whatever, but you know, you know, the ones that they're just showing up just, it's like, man, you're just looking for any damn thing to, to pick out here. Or then that now the, this guy's favorite thing now is to say that I'm, I don't take criticism well, you know, because I'll, if I, if I, why do you have comment, to comment? Why, then I'm a, jerk. why is that a saying? Why do you have to take criticism? You know what the word, the definition of criticism is? It's not a positive word. People are like, I should be able to criticize you and you have to take <laughs> it nicely. That right. means they have to be able to say all the things they don't like about you and pick it apart and you got to take it on the chin. Otherwise, sure. you can't take criticism well. Yeah. It's or never really made sense struggle. to me. I or struggle with criticism. I'm like, there's no such really. thing as constructive criticism. There's con there's constructive suggestions and conversation and rapport. There's no such thing as constructive. I don't even know why that word exists. Criticism is a weird word to begin with. What is the definition? Anyways, I, I, people hide behind the idea that they're allowed to say whatever you want, they want, tear you apart however they want, and you have to accept it. I don't live that life. Right. So sometimes I can come across as a jerk or whatever, but if you say something rude to me and if I'm in a certain mood back, right. I'm going to say something back. And I can assure you for the most part, I do it mostly on Instagram, but most of my audience loves it. If I say something back, like especially right. in comments, you know, 500 likes on my comment and they'll get three plus a bunch of LOLs, that sort of thing. Because everybody knows um, what, what, what they're doing at this point. I'm just, and that's what yeah. makes me roll my eyes and go, really? It's like, oh, that's so, we, it's just social media. We know, everybody knows you can roll up and say anything in the comments yeah. or whatever. It's like, that's, it's just, it's just old. I'm just like, it's, it's not, why, why on earth would you stop what you're doing to make a comment that someone's t tank is, that it's, it's something wrong with it or it's boring or it's well, what, stop like, what, you're why, doing, what, what makes you stop and do, like, I would never ever even it's most of what i'm looking at i'm like i don't care for that that's boring keep keep the keep the thumb scrolling here i'm moving along i don't need First to stop and take time out to to park my time on your post and tell you that something's wrong with what you're doing um it's just First a bizarre foremost, it's a bizarre phenomenon to me they want this response that's what they want yeah. They want to get a rise out of you. They want to know they've know. impacted you or affected you in do. some they way. Get it, it does get in your head in some kind of way. It just does as far because you've got but you can look at it in a couple of ways. If a hundred people tell you how great you are, it doesn't really tell make you feel that good if you've been hearing it all the time. But you hear one person say how bad you are and you're like, damn, now it's ruined my day. And then you're on the internet typing back and you're like, nope, I'm going to erase that. And then you're like, screw it. I'll say this. And then, and nope, I'll erase that. And it's the, like, it does ruin your day. So I've learned, like, I don't care what another grown man thinks about me. Right. You don't pay my bills. And I can only imagine what your life has come to. If you're scrolling through the vastness of the planet, right in the palm of your hand, you can look at anything you want, but you insist on watching something you don't like and then saying something nasty. That has nothing to do with me. I right. wish you nothing but the best moving forward. If there's anything that I can do to actually help coach you or, or you know, maybe give you some inspiration in terms of fixing what made you so miserable, let me know. Other than that, I keep it moving. I don't care yeah. what you say. That's wise. That, 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 that's, that's, that's a mature, wise approach to it. And if in it is just one or two people, delete them and block them. Yeah. Go away then. Sure. Here's some help. I've done that before. And then I feel like, man, you know, I really 
did they well, win? it makes you did feel they like win you're running. When I did that, you know, should I no, just no? Because uh, when you've done it before, let's say, do you think you did at least one person six months ago? Yeah, let's say I did. I don't remember their name. Right. You'll never remember them. I can't be feel guilty about something. And if I do feel like they are actually trying to add to the conversation and or maybe they're just wording it differently because we do have to keep in mind. We can't hear their tone. We can't hear their body uh, language. We can't see the way they're making faces or anything like that. And I can say things in a number of ways. I can say, first and foremost, if I type in, uh, um, I really like your fish tank, Jeff. Or I could say it like, I really like your fish. Like it make it sound sarcastic or something. Then it's different annotation. So maybe it's something like that. Sometimes I try to give the benefit of the doubt. If I feel like what they're saying is going to, uh, you know, contribute to what I'm doing. But bottom line is if you feel so strongly about content on the internet, make a change, do something about it, making a nasty comment, attacking people or making videos about people aren't going to make change. What you can do is pick up a camera, uh, and affect change on your own, like I do. Because at one point, I didn't want things to be the way they were in the in the aquarium hobby. I wasn't a huge fan that all marketing was done through magazines and uh, through the industry. It was very industry-driven uh, and controlled. And hobbyists did not have a voice. We were not taken all that serious. We were just looked at as leads uh, and, and dollar signs. And I was like, I'm going to make a change. And when I started to, I had to deal with all the the bullshit stuff in terms of like being made fun of at industry uh, events. Nobody knows who you are to quote uh, a certain company. Nobody knows. Nobody even knows who the F you are. What, who cares what you say? Stuff like that until one day they won't say anything anymore. Yeah. It's not funny anymore. Now I do have a voice and now I'm enabling other hobbyists to have a voice but we have to be careful with it and as responsible as we can uh, for the next generation. Um, yeah, I got, I got into a little trouble, you know, early on is back, back when I launched my, I was trying to do a channel thing last year, which I'm just going to say it again. It, you know, it, it flopped. I mean, that didn't, I didn't have what it, what it takes to, to, to make that work um, at that time anyway. So, you know, I'm, I'm one, I pick myself up, dust myself off and do the next thing. But anyway, I had kind of led with a, why do you say that it flopped? Just didn't get views? Um, no, I couldn't. It took almost no time at all for me to not be able to keep it up. You know, I mean, oh. it just, I had, I just went, I went really hard out of the gate and right. I hadn't planned things at ADG enough. My daily commitments were not well enough sorted to take on right. something that was going to be more than just a side thing. Uh, so you got to kind of do it in, maybe if you do pick it up, back up think about doing everything in batches because if you're trying to do a video from beginning to end in a day or two or even over the course of a week and you just get one video you'll burn out incredibly fast so one of the things you might want to consider is one day you're brainstorming coming up with all the ideas figuring out what you want to do um maybe the next day is capturing all the shots all the b-roll footage that you might need the third day, of course, is the filming process, the talking that's already scripted and or you have your notes. And because you've already spent two days brainstorming and taking B-roll, when you're taking B-roll, which is just shots of things you're going to talk about, you get ideas of things you want to say. You add them into the notes. So on that third day, when you're finally taking an hour out of your time to make six videos, film them all back to back, is it's only going to take an hour. Um, there's no way it's going to take longer than that. Maybe two hours tops. Uh, and on the last day, you film. Yeah. So... You know, good in four workflow. days, yeah, in four days, you could have six videos done. You put out once a week. 
uh, or two a week. You, you're set up for a month to, you know, a month and a half, potentially. Just got to try to find a better workflow to it uh, and to organize that time. Because sometimes I'll make like, geez, 12 videos in a week and I'll have almost nothing to do for two months. Yeah. That's not the way it really goes. Now I have time to catch up on my, my personal life and, you know, fix everything around the house that keeps breaking or right. get the yard work done or things like that. Or, you know, pretend my fiance exists and take her on some dates and things right. like that. And, you know, spend some quality time with my family and whatnot. But, you, you know, know and I had time for uh, none of that. And I know, you know, it was just, I didn't sort my other existing commitments well enough. And, yeah. um, you know, totally, totally my fault. I mean, the, yeah. I didn't even give it a chance to get views and stuff before I was like, oh, well, but I did see right away that the view thing is, uh, it's, it's a pretty high level game these days. If you're going to get views, you better know what you're, if you care about that, then you better know what you're doing. You better know how to play. You better be marketing, you know, your butt off. Um, and, and well, all of that. that. So I get it. It's just, I was just poorly, uh, I was naive and I was ignorant of the, of the actual reality of the process. And, the worst uh, thing you could do is worry about the views. And there's a number of ways to think of it. Um, of course you want to get, I always hear that and I'm like, I'm not so sure. I believe anybody that says that we all, well, that I, is a human brain that wants those views, man. So, that's of like, course no it is. Of course it is. Until you learn the value, until you've been to the top of the mountain. That's true. I have not been to the top of the mountain, so I cannot relate I have. to that. Yeah, I have. I know you I, have. I've been the first channel have. to hit a million subscribers. I know you the have. first, yep. I kind of like opened the doors for everybody else to show the potential and, you know, got I built so many other channels around me, but that's not the point of what I'm saying. Um, the way the internet's set up right now is virality um, and fast moving action. Words jumping up on the screen for everything they say. Yep. Mr. Beast type things. Right. I'm not into that. I can't do that. It's not very educational. There's no real influence in that. Um, but if you were to get 10,000 views on a highly educational video, it's going to prove its value far more uh, longer over the course of time. It is far more influential. There is probably, I don't know how many pet channels and animal channels that are bigger than mine, but for the most part, a lot of people can't name that, are especially in the aquarium hobby, can't name three of them, right. but they can name me. Yeah. So true. it comes down to influence. So lots and lots of views equals lots and lots of money. And that's basically it. There's no longevity in it. Good luck staying viral for 15 years. How long do you really want to do this for? Oh, I just want to grab a few bucks and get out. I'm in this for life. This is this is who I am. Um, and I found that when you are at the top, that is the most stressful and exhausting time. It's also bad for your mental health because now you can do no wrong. Now you are God. Now you are the greatest at everything. And if you already struggle with those types of issues with yourself, uh, like self-esteem issues, it's going to be horrible because once you're up there, coming down is nothing but problems mentally. Nothing but problems. Yeah. Um, because so there's coming you, down for everyone, for the biggest celebrity, for the big, there's always an yeah. arc to this there's stuff, you know, of pretty course. soon you don't show up at the convention thing anymore or the show and, yeah. uh, you know, just kind of fade out. They, people are losing their mind that you're there and like, oh my God, you, you can feel that energy when you're passing by and, you know, all the yeah. whole, well, the autographs and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I mean, cause we're, we're humans. We got egos. It's yeah. a thing. Quit, quit trying to act feeling. like you know, you're, everybody's yeah. above you're, I'm above that. I'm not to bullshit. Everybody's in some Everybody kind of it. way. Uh, we it. all, we all have that element in us. Um, it's a great feeling. I used to have, uh, that imposter syndrome that 
when I did go to events, I had extreme anxiety. I'm like, guys, if you only knew who I really was, this is before I told my life story. I'm like, I felt like an imposter. Like you guys think I'm this highly educated, well-to-do, came from a wealthy family or something. And it is, it couldn't be any further than the truth. Then two days before I put out how the aquarium hobby saved my life for months, I was being extorted uh, and being threatened about my life going to be told and exposed on the internet. So I was like, I'll do it then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's a good move. And, that, that's, and move. that's why always. I put the video out. It's, it's always, I felt it was better to put all my cards out on the table. Then I could finally move forward. But the benefit of that was that I knew I wasn't wrong. I knew there was lots of people out there just like me. And I thought, what better thing that could I do to celebrate 1 million subscribers is to tell you that I'm not who I, who you think I am. Right. I'm more like you than you think. Right. Sure. Um, and uh, that that video was a massive, massive success. Not in terms of views; it did really well on views, but in terms of like the response it got. Sure. Uh, and, and the influence it had uh, throughout the hobby. Um, well, people, yeah, we all crave that, you know, yeah. that authenticity. It's part of the reason why. But yeah, I, I think YouTube I, and, and these other so these channels are on... are popular is because we do feel we get a little closer than what we got. Growing up with only, uh, you know, television, you know, for example, we knew that that was manufactured. And so, you know, it's access to the person that uh, is part is a huge part of the magic. You know, I mean, that that just makes total sense. Um, So kind of shifting gears. Well, yeah, so I mean, depends. There's one. Sure. There was one topic that I kind of wanted to touch on with you specifically. I feel like if I don't squeeze it in here pretty soon, we'll we'll go on. You have to squeeze things in and you've got to cut me off because I can keep (laughs) a certain topic. I can keep anything going for as long as we need to. Sure. Absolutely. But, um, and it's just something that I'm, I'm always curious about, uh, with people that have engaged in the, the, uh, the industry, not just the hobby. Um, and just sort of, uh, because I feel like, I mean, for me personally, it's a bigger sort of problem out there. I consider it a problem, man. It's not a great way to look at it, but if, if you, what is your sort of state, state of the union in terms of the aquarium industry itself? And, you know, do you, do you feel like, um, it's doing the right things to get the right, uh, products or to meet the demands of, of not just the hobbyist. So I feel like hobbyist is pretty well served in general. If you're a hobbyist, that means you've, you've crossed over into a, a different, um, I'm getting some weird, no, that's something else. Sorry. You've crossed over into a different realm with, with aquariums to call yourself now a, a hobbyist is a whole other culture. That's a whole different tribe than just the person that wants to have an aquarium in their space and um, enjoy a meditative, chill out experience with their aquarium. They don't really care about going to, they're not going to join a club. They're not, you know, they're not into it at sort of that deeper hobby level. They're not on Facebook groups. They're not going to Aquashella, this kind of thing. And to me, I guess that's, that's still a kind of a, an unserved aspect of just, people who would love to have an aquarium. I call it the aquarium lover versus the aquarium hobbyist and all hobbyists may be lovers, but not all lovers are hobbyists is always the way I put it. And I, I just wonder if, um, 
there's a broader sense of influencers and content creators and all that because everybody wants to grow. I mean, that's always mm-hmm. a thing. No matter, I mean, there does, we, we want to grow. You speak yourself of like the growth that happened for the awareness you brought to stores when you would go do the store tour. Now you're back kind of getting grassroots with the clubs again and that kind of thing because of the, 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 the growth potential there. So growth is, is part of what we all want to do in some kind of way. Um, and I'm just, I'm always curious other people's take who've had those interface, you've interfaced with manufacturers at that endorsement and sponsorship level. So you have a little deeper sense of the marketing mind of the aquarium industry. Um, mm-hmm. And is, is it, because my, my perception is that there's, we give lip service to wanting to grow, but what a lot of what I see seems to be trying to do a different version of the same thing, uh, kind of rebranded, whatever, uh, added a couple of features, and we're just going to sell it to the hobby again, uh, which is fine, but I, that's, that growth element isn't there. And then the reaching, the, there's so many people I, I meet every day with how I do retail, which is different from the typical tropical fish store, where uh, this is not somebody on the path of become the hobbyist is not really even in their mind. Having an aquarium is in the same way I have to make this analogy about having a dog. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people that have a dog are not a professional service animal trainer. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, and that, that analogy always resonates with, with people when they come in because they see it being presented differently and they're like, okay, now wait, this is more what I was after. And I make that analogy and they're like, exactly. In other words, this non-hobbyist still to this day perceives getting into aquariums or aquarium ownership as the equivalent. If they were going to get a dog, they would first need to become a, a, a professional dog trainer. Before they would get a dog, they better know a lot about dog training. And I just don't mm-hmm. find that people getting a dog like that, that sequence doesn't go like that at all. You know, you're not going to go get a rescue animal from a shelter to adopt as your family pet, you know, and your loving uh, companion. Uh, and you, yet you're going to go study. You better know about the hip respiratory and skin problems of French bulldogs. It's like, no, you're not getting a French bulldog and yet you're afraid to go get a rescue animal, you know, or just to go find a mutt in a shelter because you heard about these problems that uh, French bulldogs have. (laughs) But that is the barrier to entry kind of thing happening. When people look at aquarium products, when they look at the marketing, um, a lot of that's whether it makes sense or not doesn't matter. I mean, this is a day-to-day feedback. What's the regulatory body behind aquarium industry? Who regulates what they can and can't say on packaging, for example? You know, I don't know because one thing I can assure you is they lie on packaging pretty routinely. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's an interesting uh, thought of the day. Yeah, kind of a rhetorical Um, question there I see now, you know. Um, It's interesting. I think the aquarium industry is growing uh, on a consistent basis, a lot of people think it's dying or becoming less popular, et cetera. And I think that just has to do with your own feed on social media. You might not be seeing as much or your interest might be dying. So you feel as a whole it is, but it is growing year after year at a substantial rate, uh, far sure. greater than it ever has before. Uh, I think it's interesting that um, there are fish 
aquarium lovers and aquarium hobbyists. And of course, I'm an aquarium hobbyist. I loved your analogy there. But to further that, I think that you could think, you know, I have a dog. I'm not in any dog groups. Uh, I don't watch dog videos. I don't know anybody that's a dog influencer. Um, I don't know anybody that's in a dog group. Oh, that's a lie. Tamara is. She's a, she, I think she's a dog hobbyist. <laughs> she, uh, but for the most part, you have a pet dog. And uh, when you have an aquarium, it's, it's more of, a, it's, it's more of a, an involved hobby. You, could, you have your fish tank, but once it's set up and you're, fit, and you're feeding it, you can't get enough. So now you want to go look at other people's stuff. You want to look at what they're doing. You want to talk. You want to share ideas. You want to share your experience and share your things. Uh, and point. you don't typically do that with a dog because it's more like um, the dog becomes a family member. Like I don't join groups looking for people that who also have sons. And then we talk about their son and I talk about my son and we share pictures. Yeah. Not on the type of internet that I go on anyway, but right. you know, you get the idea. I think that's, that's a um, good point. I think this is just all interesting. When it comes to marketing within the hobby, I think that uh, I would go as far as say like 90% uh, of companies out there have no clue uh, what they're doing. And there's all the top brands standing out um, and they've all embraced social media to a certain extent. I'm not saying that's just what they have to do. Um, But I think that uh, for the longest time, I didn't understand their budgeting uh, and their marketing because they'll pay two to five thousand dollars to get a couple uh, page spread in a magazine, or they'll pay, spend forty, fifty thousand dollars to uh, attend an event. But when it comes to aquarium hobbyists and people that are, you know, promoting and having a real impact on your bottom line in sales, well, here's a free filter. They don't pay them. They don't put any money towards that. So I noticed that a long time ago, and I effectively started making a change. Now, I've dropped sponsors recently. I told them to kick bricks. I've never lost a sponsor. Um, just recently saying, I'm done with you. Simply because they're mad that I told anybody that they, uh, I get paid for certain things, or I'm paid to go to events and stuff. So I was like, well, now you've pissed me off. You're mad that I told anybody because you don't want to pay anybody else. That's all that is. Um, mm. Otherwise, what, it's my business. I could say whatever I want to whoever I want. You're just mad because you don't want to have to pay anybody else. Sure. Um, so, so be it. Uh, well, it's not a thing that historically, ha- there was no track record of that. There was no uh, history of, you know, the 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 endorsement side was just never a thing for so it's, long. It's existed forever. It's yeah. existed forever. Do you think Michael Jordan did uh, Nike for free? I think LeBron does Reebok or whatever sure. he does for free. Just Aquarium. Why are we... Aquarium had never really made much of a thing out of that. Do you remember in the magazines, you know, back in the day when, when that's all there was, you know, there'd always be the, some expert cichlid guy or something might be endorsing. They would use him in the ad for some filter media additive or something like, you, you know, I remember mm-hmm. seeing that stuff like that, but it was never anybody that you, I was like, well, I was like, if, who's this guy? Or this is, exactly. this is Bob from Bob's tropical in Muskogee. <laughs> that that yeah. says this is the but, greatest I mean, filter pad. You're like, okay, who cares? I know? never understood it because they are paying big money to go into these magazines and get to these advertisements for what? 5,000 customers to maybe turn to page 52 and ingest your ad maybe, or you're sure. paying $40,000, to go to these big events which I don't know what your what your ROI is, but I know if they have 5,000 people, 5,000 aren't stopping by your, your booth. Uh, but if I were to invest in a creator that's trusted, like if I were to, to pay you to promote something from me, 
I know you have influence. You're going to have bottom dollar line. And it's I just way more bang for the buck. What I'm doing is trying to fight for newer creators that are selling their souls for free product. Yeah. Um, will it get worse if you're getting paid? No, you'll be able to be more picky. What I suggest every That's creator does that is trying to be sponsored is buy the products yourself that you really want and do your reviews or do your unboxings or do it because you love it and you actually believe in it and you've proven it because you're willing to buy it. Yeah. Then you have a portfolio of videos you can send to a sponsor. This is how I do my reviews. This is how I do all mine. Um, if you want to get involved, you could send a pitch or whatever. But for me, I don't really do those types of unboxings or anything. Sometimes I do. But for the most part, I don't. So I don't sign any contracts. I'm not bragging or anything, but I do not do contracts. I'm not saying anything you want me to say. I can stop this at any point that I want to. Um, at best, it's going to be product placement. People will see me using it. It's one thing to make a three-minute commercial. It's another thing to be like, man, what kind of food is he feeding? Look at his fish. Or what yeah. is that additive or that product that he's actually using on the tank that he loves the most? Why? What is that? Then people want to use it. That They're is, not going to go is, like, huh. That is great advice, oh, yeah. man. That's that's well. That's, that's how I do my marketing. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's just you could do product placement. You could do all kinds of things. But if you want me to sit there and be like, "Hi, this winter we have the winter edition Blue Bull, Red Bull, <laughs> Blue Bull." Right. Yeah, Blue Bull. I hate those commercials because then I'm because then I'm like, I'm like, not only did you probably statistically not get paid for that, you probably only got it for free, and you're selling your soul for that. So I can't even trust your integrity. Right. Um. Or if they stand to benefit, you have to be completely blunt and honest right from the jump. I always say I got this for free. Um, these guys support the, uh, the the gallery. I've never had a sponsored video, so I've never had to claim a video as being sponsored. The gallery is what gets sponsored. Okay. okay. Not my videos, because you're not buying my videos. Right. You cannot buy my videos. You can't buy placement or anything like that. But what you can do is you could sponsor the end result, which as I'm trying to do, um, you know keep the lights on or I need salt or things like that. If you can help me get to my end result, then you could be in the videos inadvertently. Right. Do you and do it? You do it. You have Patreon or any kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, crowd. Yeah. I do my only fins. <laughs> I do only, my only fins. That's so right. Uh, that's right. The only yeah, fins. That's, that's my little subscription really service. By the way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't pick it. They did. I was like, guys, what come up with some names and, uh, we'll, we'll do a poll. So, all the, the members of the channel listed off like a bunch of hilarious names. Um, and I demand that of them. Like, can we at least make it funny? So somebody said only fins and that was one of their top ones. So I took all these like six options and they picked it, but to put things into perspective, um, custom aquariums, uh, I, that's more of a household name these days, but nobody know who they were at one point. Um, they sent me 10 fish tanks, never paid me a penny, but a year after, they sent me these 10 fish tanks. Adam, the owner of the company, I still have the text message, said, Joey, I don't know if we can attribute the, to, uh, to this to just you, but since we've dealt with you and since we've been working with you, our business has literally doubled. Joey, you're creating jobs. I was like, damn, I had no clue the influence and I had no clue of anything. And then I just responded, I should have charged you. <laughs> I wonder how much money I would have made. Right. Seriously. I could have made millions. Um, seriously. But, uh, you know, or uh, aquadecorbackgrounds.com. Nobody really knew who they were. They haven't paid me a penny. Those but guys they are send good, me cool man. stuff. They're so yeah, good. They're, they're so too good. good. If you see anything in person, you're going to you're going to be upset because you create you create these things at a natural uh, 
you know, materials and make them look absolutely so stunning and beautiful. And then they're like, here's, here's the same thing on, and it just pisses me off. Cause I'm like, I have no artistic, I could never do this. Yeah. But it is expensive, but it is worth it. They last forever. Uh, the ones that I don't use are stored outside and, uh, literally just outside right beside my shed they're not covered or anything like that because they don't need to be so they freeze and they thaw and they get covered in snow and ice and water and nothing happens to them wow yeah i keep using them it year looks after like a year great or, product and they're very they're yeah. just they understand kind of the composition well, and the balance I've been wanting to collab with those guys forever well they haven't paid um because they don't they didn't need to they're just sending me all this cool stuff i was like i value this more than i value the the paycheck there has been companies that have paid me lots of money but um you know, just just for example, I do take free stuff too sometimes if it helps me get to the end result because sure. I was going to buy it. I was going to buy it anyway. I think for what you do too, a lot of your aquarium, just the the style, the kind of fish you're keeping, et cetera. You know, something like that Aqua Decor product is is really cool. Like that is a that is yeah. a that is a classy, viable way of you know doing decor that is you know not real rocks and all of that that really you know, it just works, man. I just, I'm yeah. really, that's a company I really, really admire. I've actually, actually want to have them on, on the podcast at some point, somebody from there. They will. I yeah. can, I can give you their contact information. Um, yeah. Just that just, yeah, it's good. just a good, it's a good product that is feeling, I love to see action. They're good people. Oh, Ecotech yeah. too. Ecotech sent me a bunch of stuff, but they also paid me. They gave me like five grand. Um, they met me one day. Uh, Jake Adams set it up. I was speaking at Reef Builders. Uh, in Denver, Colorado, or not at Reefstock uh, in Denver, Colorado, Colorado, years ago, and the gallery hadn't even really been announced yet. Uh, and he knew, he, like, he's like, "Bro, we got to get you some help. I have, I, I have a tremendous amount of contacts in the industry, and there's a company that wants to talk to you. It's Ecotech." And I was like, "I don't even know who that is." They're, he's like, "They do the best lights, pumps, that sort of thing." I was like, "Oh, okay, that might make sense." So we sat down, and I told them what I was doing. His name's uh, the guy I spoke was Jay Espernito or something yeah, yeah. like that. I can't, yeah, Jay's I can never pronounce. Guy. Yeah, I can never pronounce his last name. Very laid back, very cool. Yep. He didn't want numbers, stats, or anything. He's just like, what are you doing? What What is the end result here? What's the goal? Just build your fish room? I was like, no. The idea is to build um, aquariums from all over the world, different aspects, uh, to try to inspire and educate on different aspects of the hobby in different locations. The overall goal, of course, is to grow the hobby. And he's like, what do you need? I was like, well, I guess I could use some, you know, filter, uh, some pumps and lights and stuff. He's like, do you, do you need any money? I was like, I do got to upgrade the electrical. That's going to be five grand. He's like, okay, that's it. That's all we need to know. We want to, we want to help. We don't care what you do. We just want to be involved with this. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And it 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 was, I was like, I shouldn't even accept money. Cause if a company is truly a, not only a fan, but their heart is aligned with mine and they have the integrity and they want the end result that I do, I'm doing it for free. Yeah. Um, you know, and but it hey, is what you it know, is. A man, a man's got to, got to eat too here. In oh, you got to eat. I mean, and it does get expensive and to make the videos and whatnot. And, right. and that, you're bringing value though. You're bringing value. And that's that at the end of the day, that's the takeaway. And that's what, yeah. that's what matters. And, um, it's, it's worth, it's worth it, you know? So, um, so no, I, I, I get it. I think you have a over, overall, uh, you're, you're an optimist in terms of the industry, where things are going, the growth, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, and I think, that I think so. I do. I also think that we need some big mouths. Uh, I think that the, that there should be some intimidating people in the industry and I don't mean like physically scared of them, but 
that person speaks their mind. That right. person is a real individual. And if something is wrong, they're going to say something about it. I think yeah, that is incredibly I, I, important. I put my pinky toe in that pool and um, I, I did so, I, did, I didn't really go about it in the right way. I was really impulsive about it. Yeah. And that is, I, I could not agree with anything more than that. Uh, but yeah. it does have to be done kind of in the right way. And two, we're in the cancel culture era where, you know, you, you'll, what, what happens with some of the, some of the brands have very effectively given a free thing to every person with 20 subscribers on a YouTube channel, such mm -hmm. that now they've really kind of mobilized their little, you know, quasi affiliate thing out there where, um, you'll, you'll be, you'll be attacked pretty, pretty good, pretty quick they, they've got a sufficient number of people out there to, to kind of bite back when you do that. And then it becomes this thing where there's just too much back and forth where it's a, it just becomes this long comments thing. And you know, everything you say, they're coming back and saying, well, what about this? What about, that? I mean, I had people trying to shut me down on things like the reason the filter that I was criticizing was not flowing. Like it says it does on the box was Which because there was it. This was Oaza. You know, I had a famous thing with with them. I haven't had that been. because I just I did the same thing to Fluval FX6s. I, I had them sort of in my crosshairs for some kind of reason, and you know, well, it's, and it's, I it's, got it's triggered the... one day and 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 started posting things, and I Not wasn't methodical the, about it. It's the marketing in diff in, in general, and a lot of the times you have to say something. Um, oh, the lights came. I saw the door open. Um, but yeah, I guess like one of the things that if you do criticize, not necessarily criticize, but if you do share your opinion, and it is probably going to be negative, that you do have to be pretty elegant about it. But then sure. you also have to almost own that type of persona because people might expect you to talk like that again. That's just it. But you, then you I've become that the... guy. And that's a little, that can be tricky to navigate if you don't want to fully just be that guy because that's a label you're going to get. That's what you'll be remembered for. Not really. And here's why. When I made... Uh, and I don't have anything against Fluval, but I made a video, like a full full feature YouTube video, and I think it did like two, three hundred thousand views. Like this was seen by a lot of people of their FX six. I use them to this day, but that video was to talk about um, aquarium marketing. The FX six is rated for up to a four hundred gallon tank. It does nine hundred twenty five gallons an hour. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do any of that. Uh, thank you. None of them do. It, they all have nonsense. They, on none the of box. them do. They, none the of them only, do. So you read the actual owner's manual, and I'm glad they put that at that. It says 925 gallons an hour at zero head. The average person doesn't know what that means. No. They see that it this does 925 anybody. gallons. Yeah. Once you connect the hoses and you're pumping it up three or four feet, you got the sponge in there, you've got the all the filtration media. Then it's clogging over time. I mean, even if if it's brand new, we're still looking at what six fifty, six hundred gallons an hour, something like six fifty, something like that. The only filter that I think is accurate for the for their marketing in terms of sizing is the not their newer ones because they're getting a little bit uh, too flashy. But Eheim, uh, their mm -hmm. Eheim Classic filters, so the round canisters, yeah. that is just a yeah. bucket. Thank you. I believe Thank that that you. supports a nice volume of fish. Uh, the pump. I'm so I tired of this. Yeah, the square tray. Th I'm just. Who came up with that? It just, just, yeah, just sucks. I just don't know who. Well, I don't know why all filters wanna... have this stupid square tray. I do. And they, I know. They, 
they don't even make, doesn't they don't even Ehan make doesn't a care. proper bag to go in the tray. And so if you're putting your own media in there and it has to be in a bag, you're not utilizing the whole area. You've got kind of this 90 degree problem. You've got this hole if, coming up through the sides. It's just a I'm just what does going, a car dealer what does a car dealership make most of their money from? Do you think it's from selling the cars or yeah, does every service. car dealership have a service area? Mm-hmm. That's where they're making their money. Same with canister filters that have their own proprietary uh, media. They want you to replace that carbon pad and that filter floss pad and this and that and the other thing. Even their biological media is recommended to change every six months. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm using the same biological ceramic media for the last eight years. Oh, yeah. That stuff should go on and on and on, you know. And the best ones, I want to put my own thing in there. Um, And... That's where I, I had the biggest pushback on the videos showing the the anemic flow of some of the Owaza filters. Anemic flow relative to the size tank it said it could handle. That's all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, no, you're yeah. good. You're you should know, especially new new newcomer. You should yeah. know that what's on the box is just wrong. I don't know where they. I don't know why they put that there. But please, I'm trying to help you realize that. You need to level up or go up a model or two. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're the most essential thing, the heart of your aquarium um, in terms of the system is going to be compromised. And there's going to be a cascade of problems that's going to follow. And so it's it was an attempt to start to put that narrative out there that they're all putting the wrong numbers on the box. And you well, need to know because that you what I deal with, Joey, is people coming in all the time with problems with their tank and and i these are fundamental questions what filter you have etc and they've either got the the 75 gallon with the hang on the back which is just generally problematic most of the time anyway or they have a canister and it's two models too small and yet when they bought it because they didn't go in and talk to somebody who could tell them otherwise or they just bought it on amazon or whatever and they went off the specs and so what did you what would you think is a solution for that in terms of okay we can we can we can back up with factual information that the marketing is bullshit. Yeah. But what is a solution? Would yeah. you believe that it's safe to say that if you were going to buy a canister filter, whatever the rating is, divided by two? Sure. Or That's what I say. Divided you, by two. You're safer that way. What I what I like about ADA's marketing with a canister filter, which is micro, like just so tiny. And I'm talking about ADA. I'm talking about a steel stainless steel filter. This is not a significant player in the market. I get it. Yeah. I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. even that it should be. But they've never they've never put a this filter can handle this size tank because the filter was more inherently paired to a dimension of tank that they make. So you knew that a sixty centimeter tank took a Superjet six hundred, or then later they started doing the three hundred would fit that. In other words, they they took that part away. Well, I get it. And a canister filter manufacturer, you know, international brand, just they're just trying to make they're trying to make filters for aquariums. They're not as specifically targeted to a specific thing like an ADA product is. So to me, just forget all of this what size tank it can handle stuff. And you're just your marketing narrative needs to just be different. It needs to be something that says, we use this on these size tanks. Don't don't leave it up to me. Uh, to decide and don't try and make it look well, like it's more powerful. It's I actually real simple. It's like just take away the the, the false information because experts we can know, we, are telling you it doesn't. We know work. that, but we know that. Imagine when you first got into the hobby and you're like, okay, what size fish tank do I need for this fish? What size fill? So you got to have some sort of a guy. I get kind of why they do it. 
I get that they're like, this is good for up to this sized aquarium and it does this amount of flow and it holds this amount of media and it kind of guides as a general guide. But I just think in my perspective, I could see your perspective in it being like, take it completely away because it, it, it depends and it's incredibly variable. Mine is, I think that they are overrated in sure. general. Um, and it's, and it's very flashy marketing that yep. I just don't think is accurate at all. But I also don't think it's regulated by anybody. I have no clue who would do that. I, I, I do know that there's organizations that do regulate certain markets within every industry, but I've never heard of one or even been talked about, uh, in the aquarium industry outside of, uh, livestock sales. Right. The livestock, th the livestock thing in the U S becomes kind of, in my view, a little over. Regulate. There's so many nonsensical things in there that once they're written into the legislation, will cannot be reversed. You know, it's just as if it's it's there. We're done. It's never. It, we're never going to get that reversed. Whereas, yeah, then on the product side, you've got just it's just it's still the wild west in terms of what they can say on there. There is the the number of products that have come out that claim to be some kind of um, it it it. it it eats sludge. The sludge consuming clear liquid mm -hmm. in a bottle is just, it's become them. rampant, you know, and a I'm lot of them going, are coming at a, a lot of them come out of China and they use my videos and my image and there's uh, nothing I could do because it's China. Really? Okay. Interesting. They could do whatever they want. They don't answer yeah. to anybody. Yeah. Um, well, there's so a yeah. bunch of those products out there. And I, I mean, I, I always, I still fall victim sometimes to the, what's the product description. And I'm like, well, if this does have what fall, it's claiming, it's going to be amazing. I should try exactly. it out. And we like, fall in love with the we fall in love with the description. Uh, even and then even, we realize it doesn't happen. Even really established, venerable big brands uh, mm -hmm. have those products, and I'm like, dude, this this doesn't do anything. It doesn't do one thing that it's it's not eating It's not devouring the fish waste. It's not. It's not. None of that is happening. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm sort of going, okay. I mean. What I'm pointing to is the unregulated side of what's put on there. And that doesn't mean they all don't work. It means that some do, some don't. It's hard to tell. And the product well, redundancy is, 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 makes people crazy too. You know, how many different versions of the same thing are available and they don't. These are barrier to entry problems for me. Um, in that people are well, the, they're overwhelmed. They'll lose their they'll lose their trust over time, and I think that um, there's been some companies that I've dealt with that their names were so reputable and they're so big that I was like, yeah, you seem pretty safe. And I mean, like I do use some of those things, I guess. So I mean, send me a bunch. Of, then I realized like mm, this isn't doing what you said it was going to do, right. and I don't even bother using this because it's next to essentially being useful. And I have no clue what's in that, but I'm pretty sure it's just water and then maybe some sort of a stinky solution. And, uh, so you and I are done. I don't want to do any of this anymore. And right. it sucks because, you know, when American money's, you know, translated over to Canadian and you're like, I want to maintain my integrity and trust my audience more than I want that $20,000 check. And that's a recent thing. And those are recent real numbers. I was like, Nope, I'm done. Yeah. That's it. Sure. Because, uh, I mean, and I think that's a that's why I've been around for so long, because all I got to do is screw up once in terms of like advocating the using the wrong product. That's why I feel so strongly. If I say I use it, I stand behind it and I challenge anybody to, you know, let's have a discussion or a debate on why it's wrong or why it's bad, because I'm definitely willing to do that. Because outside of making videos uh, outside of, you know, 
doing these types of things. I do like to think that I know what I'm talking about, or at least I do have tremendous amount of experience in the fields that I do. Uh, and I wouldn't get on camera otherwise if I didn't. Uh, right. I, a lot of the times, unfortunately, I run and gun. So I'll grab my camera and I'll just start filming unscripted, no notes, nothing like that. And I'm like, damn, I probably should have set the shots up a little bit, shots up a little bit better. But then I start feeling like, man, this is coming across like I'm Googling the information, stopping the video, Google the information, say sure. it, stop the video. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a, then you're, you just, your mind just starts playing on yourself and whatnot. But uh, I think that you have to keep saying something for things that, to change and take effect. Uh, it can, it starts off with a ripple. Um, I said something about the FX6. I still use them. I went and bought four of them a couple months ago and they're on video, but a year prior, I, it came across as if I was against them and that wasn't the, uh, the, the video that was being made. It was just talking about, uh, that the canister filters are overrated, that the marketing is ridiculous, that, uh, you should know how to do this yourself. And most people don't. So here's how to do it. So that's kind of the, the essence of that video, but, uh, the marketing never changed. Nothing ever happened. And, you know, <laughs> did, no, it didn't. I did what I could do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man. I so, know the feeling. I know the feeling. Well, man. Yeah. So uh, all, all I could do is educate properly and not use things I certainly don't believe in. And, that, and that's, yes. that's the best anybody could do. Yes. And um, that, that's a takeaway from this conversation, man. And that's, the, that's, that's why you're still around today after all these years. And uh, in many ways, you know, I circled back and was looking through some of your more recent content on the YouTube channel. Sarah, I'm like, damn, all right. Uh, Joey's still out there getting it. I mean, a lot of big numbers on the views and, and still, uh, out and it's hard, but it's, you know, it is man, but it, it's out. There I, haven't with... said, it's, I, I don't think the videos are hard. I think it's hard to stay consistent after this long. There's something called the algorithm. It doesn't matter how great your videos are. Sure. If you're not consistently uploading the videos, YouTube's not going to promote or put you in the recommended or even push it out to subscribers. Right. A lot of it has to do with like, are they clicking the video? Are they watching the video? How long are they watching? What did they do next? There's so many different things that go into how it gets ranked in the algorithm. But yeah. number one is stay consistent. And recently, you know, it's not on purpose. It's just can, keeps happening. But like sometimes I've only been making two, three videos a month. Uh, you know, your subscribers forget about you. There's so much going on in their lives and they have other things to do than yeah. to remember like, oh yeah, remember that guy up in Canada? Let make sure, let's see what he's doing. And then they're like, oh, well, he's not making a video and there's no videos. And they're like, oh, maybe he doesn't make videos anymore. And they just forget. And then sure. the algorithm chews you up and spits you out. So, I mean, I'm not doing the views I used to, but it's so much better because it feels like I'm back to like making videos for a bunch of friends there you uh, go. and a smaller community. And I'm there starting to go. remember people's names in the comments again. And that's where the longevity feel. lies. That's where the longevity lies in my view yep. is in the, the, that's, that's a, what you just described is sounds sustainable and, and more meaningful, you know, as a connect, there's a, there's yeah. the connection there, the, the cream rises to the top as the dust settles. And, um, yeah, I think it's really cool, man. But, um, well, because at one point, uh, when I, at the peak of what I was doing in 2017, 2018, and I'm not talking small numbers, it was like 40,000 subscribers a month, 10 million views a month type thing, just blowing up. But that's all everybody was talking about. Sure. Look how fast Joey's growing. His channel's exploding. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody was talking to, no other creators, nothing was even talking about my fish. Jake Adams used to. That's all he would talk about. But 
it, it just and now it's kind of back to like man you're doing really that's a cool fish tank and now i can right. see the comments again and now it's it's just a, a it's more enjoyable experience rather than the number chasing so when i said earlier about you know numbers aren't that important i think that it was a, i was a little biased because i've been to the top and i felt uh, started at the bottom and now i'm kind of leveling out and kind of got a feel for a little bit of everything um no that's and, full and, circle and you want, yeah yeah if you want to be happy and if you want to do this for a long time do it for the right reasons. Keep your heart pure and maintain your integrity. I love it, man. Right. Well, Joey, this has been a great conversation, brother. Uh, really cool. Went a little longer than I than I had planned, which is awesome. Which is, I'm thrilled at that. I love it when that happens. Is. Actually, I had I, I had <laughs> I had 20 questions for you uh, that I should have asked. That probably would have brought a little bit more value to some of like newer hobbyists. But maybe we'll do them another time. Yeah, or unless uh, you unless you want to answer them, I'm good. yeah. No, let's unless go you, for well, it. Well, you got a real day. You got a normal day. I'm just this Canadian kid sitting on a couch. So I, I got a few minutes. <laughs> right. No, let's, and my kids don't get let, home for 30 minutes. We'll, let's fire a few through through a few of them. Why not? Okay, so I'm going to need you to be relatively quick with a few of these, uh, right. and I want you to explain them to me. Like I don't have much experience in the hobby, so okay. no, no, ma no massive explanation. So. When it comes to the planet aquariums, we're looking at a few things, one substrate, CO2, lighting, uh, nutrients, and then the plants themselves. And I'm just going to have a few questions on each. When it comes to substrate, when does it absolutely matter? Um, when does the substrate, well, like the substrate choice or uh, what's the when context? you really of the have to take it into consideration. So do substrate, all plants no, I get it, I get it, I get it. Yeah, right. There we go. So, uh, there's two distinct approaches that relate specifically to substrate. One would be, uh, I want to use a soil substrate when I want plants that are rooted in a soil, if they're, they're going to be rooted in the substrate, then it's, it's really, it's, it's the thing to do. It's essential, right? Uh, the other style is there is no soil and we're just going to use plants attached to the hardscape and I love that, especially for, for beginners, because those plants are just lower metabolism, slower growing. We can use less light, less fertilizer, less opportunity for algae to creep in. Um, and then we want just a cosmetic cover over the glass uh, bottom of the tank. You know, a little bit of sand, a little bit of gravel, whatever you're going to use, because nothing is going to be rooted in the substrate. So that's when it, so when it matters is when I, and then two, I say, if you don't have CO2, if you're not going to have CO2, don't use soil. That's just, um, doesn't mean you can't and doesn't mean there's not a thing there. I'm just saying, particularly again, you said calibrated for the, for the, for the newcomer. Uh, I avoid using a soil substrate yep. if I'm going to do no CO2. Okay. So even if you are, okay. So could I use basic gravel or some sort of, uh, non-targeted planted soil sure. for plants you can that's fine right but do, but don't use co2 well then if you're when gonna you do that then if you're gonna have plants rooting in the substrate whether it's gravel or soil or whatever just know that when you use gravel or sand when you use a let's just say a non-soil substrate to put plants into right whether you have co2 or not which again i i wouldn't do that if I was seeking a really predictable outcome, okay, I just wouldn't, I'm going to use soil and CO2 
If I'm not going to use CO2, I skip the soil and I don't even put plants that root in a substrate at all. I'm going to do a hardscape and I'm going to attach plants to the hardscape, Anubias, Bucephalandra ferns, etc. And the reason I, did, I choose that is for, again, my obsession with a predictable outcome. So the minute you take soil out of the equation and you're, you're using aquarium gravel, yes, over time, CO2 or not, if you made the right plant choices, right? Some plants are never really going to do well yeah. without CO2. Irrespective of that point, uh, over time, every gravel will become effectively like the soil. And, you know, it, for the most part, it's going to build up organics and detritus and the mulm and everything else that's going to turn it into what soil is offering you on the first day. Okay, so that's the difference. For years and years, there was no soil substrate. Mr. Amano came up with that. Uh, in fact, he if you go back to his Nature Aquarium World, his famous book one, there is no soil. It's all gravel. Uh, and he might use a porous material under the gravel for some additional uh, microorganism surface area. Okay, but and then he uh, would just dose the tank. Then he's just do he's just dosing the tank. But even those took uh, a longer amount of time. And where they got real tricky was when they were first started up. When you first start to tank, the first 30, 60, 90 days was very unpredictable. And and Amano learned that that's where especially the 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 new the newcomer that's where they got into trouble was getting everything stable so the point of soil mm. was in conjunction with co2 which he had was already using before soil he had co2 so its advantage was obvious but the soil was just designed to give you that 2 year old gravel planted tank substrate on the right first away. day and that came at a cost ah. though that came at a cost yeah. Because it was full it of does, new nutrients yeah. and the plants aren't absorbing anything yeah. yet. So that's right. why there's all this water changing. There's an ammonia spike. We wait uh, some So in a regular gravel sand substrate, we're not using CO2 because there's not enough nutrients for the plants to sustain life. They're just probably going to die off. Yeah. CO2 overdose. It's not so much that. And that's this is the problem with it is that it's – that's why my focus and obsession with how I – try to teach people to do things is on a predictable outcome. And it's my problem with mm -hmm. a lot of the content that I see on YouTube, et cetera, that is someone showing kind of their way of doing it. That's not going to oh. scale very well. See, it's not going to scale right. to what you're doing there in Germany, you're in Arizona and you're dealing right. with highly different variables, but you're just seeing someone right. doing something that looks like it's going well. And so you try to do it too. Yeah. And I'm going, Oh no, person in Arizona, I've been there and done that already. And the problem with what you're doing work. is it may or may not work. And I right. want people to have a formula that is replicatable, that they can have a predictable outcome. And so all this all over the map stuff about, oh, do it. Oh, you don't need that. Do it, is, it's just not centralized enough. Uh, and so people end up trying things that are too specific to the resources of where the person is that made the content or how they're doing it. And so I focus, that's why I just go ahead and say, if you're using soil, you want to have CO2. Those two yeah. were, soil had no place, but CO2 came first. And then Mr. Mono said, well, let me solve the next problem. And then came the soil. And so the two together formed the basis for something called aquascaping. And aquascaping yeah. is not a fish tank with a plant in it. There's not a Java yeah. fern jammed in the hole of a rock. It's 
it's a scene of, it's a composition of aquatic plants. And we want to bring that scene into form together. So we need to normalize and optimize mm -hmm. the conditions as much as possible to have them growing together into a coherent scene. Not like, well, I'm going to put some plants over here later. And in a couple of months, I might get some from the guy at the club who's got this one I wanted and I'll jam it over there. That's all fine too. But what's driving the where the action is in freshwater is aquascaping. And that's a mm -hmm. specific type of aquarium keeping that has its roots in a very tight formula. And the formula has gone, like everything aquarium, in my view, has gone off the rails. It's just gone off the rails. Every guy is trying to beat the system, do the thing, do their way, make a DIY, this and that. And they're putting a video up because it worked once. And people mm -hmm. are coming to me every right. single day, totally confused by all of that. So so, so substrate's important depending on the situation. So yeah. uh, if you're going to do, if you're stuck on doing gravel, you probably shouldn't use CO2 because the outcome is typically predictably not going to work. Whereas if you use a uh, soil, you probably should use CO2 because yes. again, the outcomes are predictable. So that leads me into my next question and it's still on substrate. Uh, and I only want a name. What is hands down the best planted aquarium substrate or soil in your opinion in yeah. the hobby based off experience yeah ada aqua aqua design that's Amano, what i know yeah. amazon <laughs> it is good it's now it's i've never Amazonia had my... too yeah 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 that's how i grow my um when i when i want a carpet plant there's nothing else that works with right. co2 i gotta have co2 right uh what's the best substitute if you can't afford that because that is expensive sure um i think after that it's any soil substrate is fine Okay. Literally any. Then, okay. Any brand, except for, uh, some of them are just, uh, well, we, we, that's probably even a longer conversation, but we'll go into, uh, CO2 is next that I want to talk about. Everybody can get their hands on CO2, whether it's do it yourself or, you, uh, you know, or they're, you know, fire hydrant, uh, a fire extinguisher, or they get the CO2 tank that the, the most difficult part about that is regulating it and making sure you're getting enough. So what's the best way to, to regulate it. And I don't mean in terms of the valves and whatnot, should we be using a drop checker or how do you measure that you're getting enough CO2 to the tank? Right. So I have found that to just really super not matter that much. If you, you could literally eliminate the, the, am I doing enough or too little by just using the bubble counter that's included on almost every modern regulator right. has a bubble counter. It's commonplace now. And even on a bigger tank, if you're at the one or two per second, you know, I mean, you just need someone to go, yeah, just look at it. And if you're getting about one to two bubbles per second, I find that that covers the, your bases on a huge spectrum of tank sizes and, 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 and planting styles. So when does that, when does one to two bubbles per second start Yeah, in so, terms of what size tank? Yeah. 50 gallons, 70 gallons, something like that. You know, like the that. odd thing is, and this is just years and years of observation doing every size tank you can imagine. And, and it's why I don't mean to dumb it down. And I think there's a place for testing or a drop checker or doing other things to monitor. But if you didn't go that far, and, and I don't, it's one thing I very seldom pay attention to. And it's an area I just don't see problems. Uh, but just, I might have it going bubble, bubble bubble, bubble, uh, one per second ish on a, a 10 gallon tank up to a 
90, uh, uh, a 50 gallon tank or so. Right. When it's new, I'm just getting some CO2 in there. Right. And, uh, so you're, you're very hands-on you, you watch the aquarium, you watch yeah. the plants. Yeah. It was always, the, that's kind, kind of, of the like, way I learned it from ADA. That's the, that was the ADA way. It was, right. there wasn't a lot of specific testing and, and kind of monitoring of CO2. Well, I thought I, what I was going to do with my, I'm starting up some tags again, using CO2. And, uh, I thought what I was going to be doing was dangerous and I wasn't going to measure everything. And I was probably going to go on the, the bubbles per second, um, method, making sure it shuts off before the lights and whatnot. But I thought, let's just start off with a little bit of CO2, see what happens, you know, one to two bubbles per second. I'm really glad you said that. And if I need a little bit more, I can go up a little bit more. Obviously, totally. I don't want to start off too much, but um, yeah. After so that's, 30 that's days. A... After 30 days, yeah. you got way more latitude. Okay. Yeah, because what's the worst that's going to happen? In those 30 days, the plants are going to die because they're not getting enough CO2. You might get some algae or whatnot, but then you can tweak. That's kind of what I do with like when I, I don't, I couldn't tell you what the hardness and pH of my water is. I could tell you what it was when I moved in. I don't measure those things because humans have the ability and the the need to tweak and to mess with things. Right. Oh, my, my discus need a pH of six. Oh, the, well, the water is 7.5. Okay. pH up pH down. And they keep messing with things. Stability is far more important than exactly. uh, con constantly fluctuating. So that's fantastic. And that, and that kind of, uh, hardness, summarizes hardness ma with, a, with aquascaping hardness, does, your KH and GH values are, they're relevant. The good news is you've got quite, you've got a pretty good range of flexibility, but mm -hmm. I dismissed those two numbers and didn't pay attention to them well enough for a lot, lot of years. And I've suffered because of it. So yeah. once I got a handle on that, things dramatically improved. And so it, the good news would is, would you rather have soft water or hard water? Um, I mean, for aquascaping, you want it, most of the plants are going to do better in what we would call softer water. Um, yeah. and that's why, again, I've, my, my formula with for aquascaping mandates RO water that's been remineralized. Unless I live in one of these rare areas of the U S that just has really nice tap water, which is just unusual and certainly not something I have access to here in Texas. So uh, re properly, uh, a GH boosted, properly GH boosted RO water is a massive, massive help in getting any aquascape, you know, just up and running faster, more stable, less algae, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, and then there's just a consistency. It's like any aquarium, Joey. They that consistency and stability, like you said, is mm -hmm. generally the most prized thing over hitting a specific number. So if, to summarize the CO2, if you're going to do it, start with injecting one to two bubbles per second for the first month. Yep. Start tweaking after that. Yeah. Right. And you can crank um, it pretty good once you see the plants actively photosynthesizing. You know you're in the sweet spot. So lights have been on a few hours. You're getting the little bubbles, a little purling happening on the leaves. There, you know, you got your lights at a nice intensity. You got enough CO2 that they can actively respirate. Then you're good. I almost never touch it after that point. So the bubbles per second is pretty reliable, but it shouldn't be based off tank size because some people will say, you know, one to two bubbles a second for 10 to 40 gallons. And then, you know, a hundred gallons, you know, two to eight bubbles. Per I'm just making these numbers yeah, up, but there are kind of like more. rules of thumb. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, it's definitely going to depend. It's pretty hard to overdo on. it. It's hard to overdo. And to underdo, I find, would be such a, a low bubbles per second. It would be real obvious. It's just like that's yeah. not even that's not even two so, or three. 
on my 700 gallon, it's mostly Crips um, and some Sagittarius or whatever that's called. Uh, I can never remember plant names, but uh, it does I have actually uh, can't either. It does. <laughs> it, I think it does have a uh, ADA soil, and I've got some really nice lights. No CO2. Plants are doing fantastic. Should I add CO2 in anyway? Well, that's a little tricky because what you may be doing now is setting up a certain ecology in there. You know, there's just a if you're getting a balance, which can happen. It that is mm -hmm. that does that does work sometimes where there's you got a nutrient rich setting, but you don't have CO2 there driving the growth to absorb the excess nutrients. But for whatever reason, you got the combo right. It's doing well. You're happy with it. Now, now mm -hmm. after the ecology is getting established, to come in and then put CO2 on it. Yeah, you're going to go through a period of disrupt. You're changing the the yeah, the, okay. the, the, the things quite a bit. So if you're happy with it, I never circle back and add CO2. What I don't want to do is overgrowth and have to trim. The tank is five feet front to back. It's I I got to get in it, but there's like thirty piranha in it, so I just don't want to do it. So sure. I'm trying to make sure everything's healthy without me needing to touch it, and I haven't touched it since it's been set up, so it's been perfect. But right, well, it's got algae issues and snail issues, but. Now that tank, I think I saw it's great. mostly, you know, don't you have mostly like Java fern and stuff in there? No, no Java fern in that one. Okay. No. no so no. yeah, there's just certain plants that you could actually add some CO2 and it's going to give uh, you. There's more crypts. Okay. Yeah. See, crypts, like we don't want to go disrupting. If they're doing well without CO2, leave them alone. You go put CO2 on okay. there. They're going to freak out and melt. Okay. Um, lighting. Over the last geez, even last 30 years, I guess, 20 years, halogen lighting, LED lighting, fluorescent lighting, and it's all changing and it's all different and it's all off. How important is lighting? Yeah. And it's obviously not all lights is equal, but yeah. How important is it? Yeah. And I guess I, I think mean, it's actually, um, does it have to be? Go ahead. I think there's a bit of a delay between us right now. My, my internet connection is starting to fail. Okay. In about no, it's not 12 that. minutes, I my son is going to get home, and then it's done. Okay, <laughs> cool. So I wouldn't say it's that. It's not that. I wouldn't call it like uh, important in the sense of I better get this right brand or something like that. Uh, okay. In the LED age, which is going to be pretty much practical, you have to go out of your way to find a like a T5 fluorescent fixture and that yeah. sort of thing. Those days are done. So yeah. the good news about LED is even a cheesy LED is just closer to a sort of a usable output for plants. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't claim to know all the science behind that. I just know that that's generally yeah. a thing we see that wasn't as true with fluorescent. But right. uh, so, but if it's made for plants in some kind of way, I find you're 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 pretty much okay. So now, what yeah. about the watts per gallon? rule yeah so that's sort of How out the window because we, do we don't measure watts on the leds anymore and the good news about led is is most of them not all but the majority can be con the dimming is either controlled you know by an app or there's something on board with the light there's a little a little clicker thing there's a bluetooth or if it didn't come with it most of the power supplies you know they they have that that connection where you can easily put an inline dimmer in there, which are readily available. You can get them for 10 bucks on Amazon. And a lot of the lights, like the po popular aquarium uh, planet tank lights, like the twin stars, mm -hmm. I think there's, they've come out with their own dimmer now, but for years they didn't have that, but, but you could easily integrate a cheap one from Amazon and dim it down pretty easily. So I find that to be more the, most of them need some dimming 
for most layouts. They're all a little too powerful. Um, the podcast with Dennis Wong, we got into that topic, but specifically, she said, yes, all the lights now are just, they're too, they're too powerful and they're trying to outdo each other. And, you know, the brightness that you have access to is more than most Ridiculous. people are going to know how to handle. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been noticing that a lot lately. I'm having far more success with little 7.5 watt LED bulbs yep. and little tiny LED light strips than I've had with like some of the most expensive lights I've ever owned. Yeah. Uh, That's and, a good and news about LED. Fascinating. Yeah. Right. So lighting used to be more important because yep. it was more difficult, of course, to pick the right one and get the right spectrum the and get the right wattage. But these days, I guess. Like, yeah, it seems like the industry is really uh, zoned in on making sure that they're doing well. A great LED job, just so gives easy. you a huge range of control. Right. Yeah. Now, when it comes to dosing and additives, when do we know we need to do it? Does every planted tank need it? And what would be like the best all around uh, nutrient that you could add? Or maybe it's a combination and it sells it yeah. in a. I mean, they could just buy one thing, dump it in type deal. Yep. When that's do we why need I, it and what's the best? Yep. That's why I, I love the, I do love the, the two hour Aquarius line. I'm not, I'm not paid for or, or, or sponsored by them in any way. Um, I just think he's got a, he's, he even named the brand two hour Aquarius based on, uh, um, the idea of that. I'm going to have to get some Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, you know, thing is kind of where he got the idea. He says, you shouldn't have to I don't spend think I have a, a couple- contact to Dennis. I'm going to well, have he, to get you to tell him to send me some. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm all over the place with additives. No. So he, that's why I love his thing. I've I've been there and tried that on almost everything out there. And, you know, it's a, it's a specific, it's a unique formula. I'm sure it's been copied by now, but whatever. But he's got it down to where you know, you, it's very easy to know when you need to start dosing. And he does give you an option for a, a you know, two different, uh, formulas and one is made for when the tank is new. If you're going to start dosing right away, you know, he, he has a, a, a single dose product for that. And if you're, I tend to wait and I just go ahead and start. So there's APT one and APT three in the two hour Aquarius line. The, the three is what most aquariums will use long-term. Uh, the one is specifically for kind of more low tech or low metabolism, lower light plants. But you can okay. also use the one in a, in a highlight plant when it's new, you know, cause it's just going to have a more subdued formulation. So I tend to just wait and I don't dose really much of any liquids for about two weeks. I just let things stay real lean because I've learned with his product that I can let it go a few weeks, two, three, four weeks, and I'm seeing things looking pale. Moss will notoriously look almost yellow. Okay. And what I'm doing is I'm just, things are growing because of light and CO2. Uh, I'm getting zero algae because I'm not adding anything willy nilly to the water column. And I've learned that if I come in with the APT3, they're at about that, you know, depends on the tank, but somewhere between two and five weeks, I'm coming in with that. In about three days of normal dosing, that yellow moss is totally green. You know, I mean, so I've just, that's been a consistent theme enough that, so I wait there's no right or wrong. And you don't use anything that. else. No. Do you find like it's an all-around fertilizer? It you is. Don't really. It is. Okay. Perfect. And my 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 favorite troll right now on my Instagram, you know, recently Canadian guy by the way called me out on uh, on that saying, "Well, careful there because uh, 
I, I when I used it, I had to dose massive additional potassium because my or my plants were suffering. And I said, hmm. "Cool, no worries. I have never experienced that. I'm in a gallery full of you know. I've got thirty aquascapes under my immediate personal care. That's and I have be never dosed additional too. potassium. Yeah. I've never done that. So I, I yeah. can't speak to your situation. Thanks for sharing, but I don't. I have never seen yeah, that. I so that I still consider it the best, and it's what I emphatically endorse because yeah. I'm working in kind of a bubble of like a lot of case studies going on at one time." And for yeah. me to be able to walk around all those aquariums with one bottle and one milliliter dropper and just yeah. dose approximately one mil per 10 gallons, give or take a little bit, depending on that particular tank, and pretty yeah. much nine, nine out of 10 getting it really right, uh, that's a win to me. That's a win. There's always mm-hmm. going to be weird things happening in planted tanks, but one bottle, one dropper, and pretty much nailing it, yes, please. Yeah, that's that's great, especially if they have something for new tanks and then uh, more established ones. Now, last kind of question we could, I also, I, I kind of wanted to get into like bacteria, uh, like different algae issues, bacteria, snails, blah, blah, blah. But I think that we'll save that for another time. Sure. Um, what is the best plants to start with for the ego? And what I mean by that yeah. is easy to grow. will generally always be successful. will help you gain confidence because there's nothing worse than like dumping a ton of money and then watching it all melt away. Yep. So I'd avoid so- tissue culture for one thing, because tissue culture plants are great and they're a ba- huge asset to the hobby, but they have a propensity I- for melting. Not all of them, but it, they're just, they're more unpredictable. They're more yeah. unpredictable. And just speaking to the question, like the, 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 yeah. the what's yeah. going to give me yeah. immediate impact. So that's why I, I love my, I call it, I call it greening because I'm baking a really intense hardscape, no soil. And then I'm just adding green to the hardscape by way of our classic, the, those plants tried and true. And now yeah. there's so many more Anubias. There is so many Anubias available now. It's back in the day you yeah. had Barteri and Nana and maybe Coffeefolia. Yeah. Now you've got color variations, leaf sh- I mean, I probably got a dozen different Anubias with distinctive characteristics. They don't all kind of look mm. like the same plant. Like sometimes they come up with the cultivar. I, there's so many Anubias that I've seen some that I didn't know it was Anubias. Yes. I'm like, Cause I've never seen it before. Right. I was like, what the heck is so that? It's a good and time for that. See, yeah. So Anubias, Bucephalandras, uh, and I keep hearing that. Yeah. I've and most of the ferns, the, the cool right. thing about them is especially all the different Anubias and, and Bucephalandras is they look like something on day one. So the first day you yeah. put it in the tank, it doesn't change that much. It doesn't have to go through a conversion from being grown emergent to now being submersed and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you can create a lot of immediate impact with those plants planted more heavily, of course, but because they're going to grow very slowly and you know it's going to take a while to fill in a spot. So if I take five pots instead of one and I make a little group oh. of them there, it's going to look like they've been growing there for, for months or years even. So- Huge immediate impact, super low metabolism. Do find wither without CO2. Um, definitely lower light, so there's less chance of algae uh, in that. So just all around, epiphytes in general are mm. very much the way to go. And epiphytes don't want to be planted in the soil or the substrate. They want to grow on a rock or a piece of wood. So mm. now we can take away that soil element, which is going to yeah. only make start up and the early phase and all more challenging and difficult. So we're not dealing with any of the funny business that soils contribute to the water column and we can have a real immediate impact straight away from those epiphyte plants. Perfect. 
Yeah, you've answered a, a tremendous amount of like really important questions incredibly simply. Besides the substrate, you lost me there. I was I almost cut you off and said, explain it to me like I'm a five year old. But right, the uh, <laughs> the takeaway there is soil. If you're going to use soil, sometimes use CO2. it's tough to. Yeah, if I'm going right. to not use CO two, I avoid putting plants in the substrate at all, and I just do that oh. breeding style. That's that's the think of it as okay. two distinct styles: CO two right. high tech or uh, low tech, no CO two in terms of when no I use substrate. soil or I don't. Or no, right. no soil, right. right. Low tech is often confused with just using cheap equipment that isn't really high powered, but right. really it's sure. kind of adding in the soil. And These days the it CO2. usually denotes non-CO2. In a planted tank, when they say low tech, that pretty much means they didn't use CO2 for the most, for the most part. Right. So are we packing in as many plants as we can at first or start off slow? Yes, I, and I give no. Worse, I don't regard. I don't do anything with that whole idea that says you know a bunch of plants is going to take up the nutrients faster and it'll be less algae. Right. I mean right. that can be a thing, but it's not necessary. Why? Because Mr. Amano never did that. He planted the. He made a layout. He created a composition. He got it as close as he could to looking finished on the first day, and then grew that into form. Whether it had one mm -hmm. species of plant or it had 50 didn't matter. The sequence was the same. So that's an old school hack that's not ineffective, but it is an old school hack for kind of trying to use the plants to soak up more of the, of the nutrients going around. And Amano just said, well, I don't want to have to put some plants in that I don't want in my composition long term for some sort of practical means of controlling algae. So I'm just going to skip that and I'm going to manage it a different way because- right. Now, that's not to say that's not a viable approach. I'm saying that wh what most people want to do now with plants in a freshwater aquarium is aquascape. They want to make that cool underwater scene. And that has there's a very specific way you do that. And it's usually not by, well, I'm going to jam some plants in over here. I'm going to take them out later and maybe put something else. That, I mean, you can do all that, but it's hard. The scene that in, the aquascape that inspired you on social media or as you're scrolling through through your phone and see some guy in Indonesia blowing your mind with some, you know, crazy scape that he made. Uh, no one did it that way. You know, they set, they made, they've tried to finish it on the first day before there's even water in it. They want it, they're getting it as done as they can. And then they just yeah. want to bring that into form. And that's a, right. that requires a different sequence than like, well, I'm going to put a bunch of this, uh, you know, some stem plant in there that's going to grow fast to use up the nutrients you can do all that, but to me, that just creates more headaches, more hassle, more management, something I don't even want in there long-term maybe. you know. So that's yeah. all distracting from my creation of a composition. And so Interesting. it's a thing because the science of it does work, but I'm telling you, you don't need to do that to not have an algae problem. There's just other variables that you're going to control. Interesting. It's interesting to see the impact that uh, one man has had he uh, he made Joey. He invented all a hundred percent of it. He invented now. It's now evolving. Yeah. Now, of course, but all right. of it is we owe to literally only Mr. Amano. There isn't a second guy. It's him, and then everything has has spread from him. Rimless tank, you know, glass filter pipe, clear tubing, CO two, you know, strong yeah. lighting, soil substrate, carpeting plant. Using yeah. shrimp and ocat, autosynclus catfish to control algae natural, a hundred percent is this man. Damn.
interesting stuff. And well, thanks for simplifying it for me, Jeff. That's a tremendous amount of, uh, I think that's going to prove helpful, especially for people that are really want to, you know, potentially recreate something you have shown them or something they've seen. This is going to make it a, you know, tremendously easier for them. So cool. Man. I'd be lying if I, if I said I didn't, I'm not going to use this information either. I'll, I'll definitely be fixing some stuff now. <laughs> made it well, man, of course, call, you know, hit me up anytime. If you have questions or anything, we're, we're on the text. I probably should have, I, I probably should just texted you questions instead of like, well, it's true. Myself. You know, at the same time, Joey, <laughs> and in closing, I would say, you know, you're a guy that's clearly got a way of doing things. It's your own intuition, your own experience, your own observation, you know, you're immersed in it. You marinate in this stuff all day. Yeah, and so I guess, you got I guess a I never... feel. You got a feel, man. So you may be able to do things and pull it off that I look at and go, man, I wouldn't have done it that way at all. But damn it. You, damn yeah. it if you didn't do it and pull it off and it looks great. So yeah. uh, that's the thing about aquariums. There's, there's not always a set formula. But to the extent right. to which we can create a formula, it really, I find, helps things scale. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, man, I got to get going. But this has been amazing. Brother, and I love Absolutely. that you just kind of interviewed me. Super cool, and um, uh, no one else could pull that off but you. Um, <laughs> but amazing conversation, I, man! I'm going to chop this up into lots of good stuff. But um, forty clips, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's been great, Joey, and I appreciate it so much, man. And I really yeah, look forward to anytime. Really look forward to talking to you again. And um, I, I'm here for you anytime, man. Love what you do. My pleasure. All anytime. Right. All right, thanks, brother. Thank you.